where he came from, nobody knows. His evil spread like a plague, destroying towns, maiming and killing. We called him the Tall Man. At first we thought he was just an undertaker. His hordes pillaged graveyards, rooted up the bodies, and spirited off the dead to a place worse than hell. We were just three friends. Jody was taken from us, turned by the tall man into an alien form. His younger brother, Mike, I've tried to protect as he's grown. The tall man wants to transform him into one of his kind. My name is Reggie. I was an ice cream vendor by trade. Now, I'm a soldier, a soldier in a war against his army of the living dead. On his own, Mike fled into the wastelands, trying to escape the transformation that was taking place inside him. His only hope somehow uncover the mysteries of the Tall Man. As for me, I was left deep in the catacombs of the Tall Man's lair. Mike left me hanging. to the nightclub where we are the ones who help you lose that imperfect flesh that binds you to time and space i'm the witch doctor of doom travis maxwell boone and i'm joined tonight by i'm ricky i was a bread mechanic now i'm a soldier in his war a war against his army of the undead yeah <laughs> we're also joined tonight by I'm Grindhouse, as always. And remember, your shotgun works better if you load the motherfucker. Right. <laughs> and we have... I'm Trevor. I'm the metallic ball with a set of balls. Oh, That's a, that's a lot of balls. <laughs> ball on ball. Yeah. We so need to get you a, a, a coffee of Mr. Bucket. <laughs> Trevor's, <laughs> Trevor's a flying sphere with truck nuts. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> God damn. 
Well, there's the next thing I'm going to 3D print. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all our spheres need truck nuts now. <laughs> Joining us from across the pond yet again this year. Uh, fucking A, by the way. We have with fucking us... Fucking A, by the way. <laughs> Mr. Ian Wilhelm Cronenberg. He's back. He's the man that pumped your grand. <laughs> Damn! Yeah. And what, what up there, Bob? <laughs> yeah, what up there, Ian? He's our favorite Scottish naif, if I have that word yeah, correct. Yeah, boy. I do. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, Irritating person, basically. Oh, <laughs> I'm, well, I can't make it. I'm not going to be like he's my best buddy. That's no fucking fun. Come on, no, get no, with it's it. not. That, that, no, Have that's you why been I'm on this calling, show before. For Christ's that's sake. why I'm always calling him a Scottish son of a bitch. Look at him. You can't. He's not on camera. It's just him kicking the shit out of a bag. Yeah, yeah boy. That show, getting into that goddamn Kuyong action. Yeah. Cool He's getting ready for Hogmanay, <laughs> man. He's just trying to show yep. off his butt. Yep. That's what I'm saying. I'm staring at his Hogmanay, ass. Bro. <laughs> what y'all gonna be doing for Hogmanay? Uh, I've no plans yet. Rickle. Oh, no, I'm working. Rickles, boy. I'm fucking oh. working as well. So, um, I'll just be... And I'm night shift as well, so I'll probably be fucking crying into my own fist and <laughs> trying not oh. to spit out teeth. He really is. He is part of the nightclub working that night shift, co. I mean, yes, yeah. 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 And I think tonight we're also, well, we might be joined by another. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But um, <laughs> it's it's not Trevor Scrotum again, is it? Because I don't think I can handle that again. No, 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 no. <laughs> nah, he went away for the winter. Yeah, he's hibernating. He's <laughs> hibernating. <laughs> no, tonight we're here to cover. Well, it's been a years-long saga on the nightclub at this point. Uh, we've been covering this franchise full of flying spheres and exploding cars known as Phantasm, Don Coscarelli's Labor of Love, Passion Project, and this year it's Oblivion, y'all. We're gonna talk about Phantasm 4 tonight, a penultimate movie in this this goddamn franchise. In the first one where Reg doesn't bang a hot hitchhiker, he struck out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he he banged her all right. It was just happened to be with a hammer this time. A big sledgehammer. Yeah. That's a different. <laughs> I'm not sure how you guys bang in Louisiana, but we don't count that here. Just, just saying. No, we 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 just listen to Ricky Martin, and it's like good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she Levita. Bang. have to listen to the version ooh, of ooh, that. Baby. Who is that guy that got famous for singing that song badly? Uh, uh. That's the only William, version I want to listen to. Was it William Hung? William, yeah. yeah, William yeah. Hung. Something yeah. like yeah. that. That's yeah. a name. Yeah, he, he ended up on like Saturday morning cartoons. That's seeing wild. some weird, like random ass song. And somebody paid him like a million dollars. Good. They he, should he have paid dollars for that, yeah. bro. Yeah, that's, hell that's yeah. it. That's the American yeah. dream. You can be a dipshit yeah. and still make money. That's right. Yay. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we accomplish that here one day. <laughs> right. well, we got the we got well, the dipshit dip right. Yeah, yeah we, got we got one part covered. Yeah. Yeah. Success. Get is it short hung on the phone. Oh uh, yeah, dude. If I could get William hung on this show, I would. I'm, I'm gonna try. I'll try. Yeah, try get on the phone. Well, what's the secret, big man? What's the secret? Oh yeah, he's like it's because I'm hung, boy. 
Yeah, he's like, you gotta have that <laughs> big dick energy, man. <laughs> <laughs> My boy hits us like a goddamn secret agent. And he's like, the name's Hung, William Hung. Oh shit, <laughs> boy's all smooth. He's drinking cognac. Well, yeah. hopefully, hopefully it's huge. It's huge. It, it puts Trevor to shame, and then he keeps that shit holstered for the rest of eternity because that'd be great. Grindhouse is so upset at your balls. You're gonna end up seeing them if you keep talking about them this much. You're the yeah, only one bringing of, them up, man. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like saying. Beetlejuice. If you keep saying their name, it's one of those things that when you're scarred by when you're scarred for life by something, sometimes you need to talk about it just so you don't, you know, shoot up them all. He wants that Belial you know. juice. Strangely enough, that was what it looked like. Anyway, okay. I mean, look, you would make some strong children with it, though. I promise you that. All right. Let's get this show nice and home. (laughs) How are y'all doing today? They're they're stocky. (laughs) What? They're stocky. (laughs) Sturdy and stocky children. Yeah. How are are y'all doing today? I've had a great day so far and so far a great great evening. Y'all's weekend's been going good? Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Tried, yeah. Yesterday I... The wife and I decided to rent Oppenheimer and sit down and watch, and I fell asleep at 7 o'clock, and I was out until, like, 10.30. Aw. I've heard the only... I've heard that movie's good, but, like, yeah, I don't know, three hours, man? Yeah, I don't think it was... One would be a great sequel to Oppenheimer. Yeah, I don't think it was the movie. I think it was just me, like, end of the week. Were Were you just tired? I... Well, I don't sleep much as it is, and every once in a while, like every maybe two months, I'll hit this wall and I just go, Ugh. yeah. And yeah. thank you to my lovely wife; she just lets it happen. She doesn't give me any shit. She just is like, I wake up and I have a blanket on me, and I'm like, eh, nice. Oh, that's sweet of her. I was just gonna tell y'all how great my weekend is. My fucking dog died. I'm doing great, by the way. Thanks for asking, guys. Well, I think you know that we all are concerned and. Yeah, but I'm doing Sy- it for the show. Sympathetic. It, it, it flopped, so no. never mind. Well, no. Well, oh, no, I mean, no, no, no. It hasn't R- flopped Ricky, yet. Ricky was already everyone's favorite, and then like now he's just always going to be. And now he's getting favorite. a sympathy vote too. Yeah. You, you <laughs> will fucking do anything. He's using his anything to be popular. You to be the fucking sellout. fan favorite, yeah, son of a God bitch. <laughs> the MVP. Fucking yeah. sellout. Sellout motherfucker. Ugh. My it's mom's me. over here getting grinded by Grindhouse, and no one gives a shit about me. Now that your dog's dead, everyone's going to fucking write you love letters. They should. Email us they at should. the nightclubpodcast at gmail.com and tell Ricky what he should do with his dog's body. Yeah, please do. It's uh, it's being cremated, but but please do. Yeah, you can do the little, you well, can do the little crush it into a gemstone thing. I know people do that. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And then you get your uh. bull nose ringing and hang it from your... No. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky's like, you like my deuce drip? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, drip. yeah. You'd be yeah, reminded. But, of... but like, if anybody gives you shit, you'd be like, man, this is my dead dog's ashes. And then yeah. now you just make him feel like a complete asshole. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you look metal as fuck, too. So, like, I mean, it's a win win. Damn, bro. I'd have to get my septum pierced, I guess. <laughs> yep. Well, there's that. Yeah. But hey, every time that thing cuts your lip when you're moving around, you'd be like, oh, deuce. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like his way of nipping you from beyond yeah, the right. grave. Yeah. From beyond yeah. the grave. Yeah, puppy kisses. <laughs> I, w- Take that, sucker. I, w- I want to say this. Cheers to Deuce, and tonight's episode is dedicated in his honor. Deuce. Oh, deuces. Hell yeah. Cheers, deuce.
and in honor of Ricky, let's go ahead and dive into one of the the nightclub segments that I know Ian's pants are already just soaking wet and really tight for. Uh, fuck yeah! I'm gonna struggle getting my pants off after this. Fuck <laughs> tonight, tonight we're gonna do some Ricky's ripping ribs. I'm not doing no na 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 neo na 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 sporing because I'm too upset. I can't do that right now. Am I do it proper though? You gotta do it. You gotta do it in something that like keeps the keeps the tone of tonight going. It has to be something like, "What is it, girl? Is Ricky stuck in a well again?" Oh shit, bro! Y'all know what, man? My dogs are freaking out right now. They're all just around me. They don't know what the fuck's going on. Mm. He's gone. He's gone, and it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love you. (laughs) Oh, I know. Hey, I know that feeling when we had our last cat put down. And oh. you know the cat went in the box and then came home and the box was empty. Like for three days, the other cats were like, "What the fuck did you do?" <laughs> no, it was no, like, oh, for real though. yeah, oh, I know, no, that's my point. They they for know, real though. They know like, and they're they're uncomfortable like, for like days. Pabon has been like, cause like, you know, we he died at like one thirty, so we just kind of like wrapped him in the little blanket he was on, so where it was covering. And we eventually went to sleep because we had been up all night. And this morning, Pabon was like laying down with him and stuff. And he was just looking at me like, what's going on? And it was fucked up. Poor babies. Yeah. yeah. I think they get it. But I would hazard to guess they get it in a different way than we do. Yeah. Right. But then they're like, they're around us so much that they Because like, we we take on our animals' traits and our animals take on our traits. So they... Like, yeah. hey, there's like, there's a problem. What are you doing about it? You know, like, fix it, fix it. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that sucks. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I don't, I don't know no, what else to say other than, other than I'm sorry. It fucking. I'm not blows. actually trying to talk about it all night, but I guess well, it's, it's just happening. So it's, it's a part yeah. of your life, dude. Talk about and it. It's, We're and here. It's all right. Yeah. yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. Me too. No, I'm. It's weird. I'm, not... I'm gonna say this. I'll be honest. I had this thought earlier today. You associate phantasm and like it's associated with you and your father in your in your yeah. in your mind. And it's fucking bizarre that the night before we record this episode, that Deuce passed away. It's yeah. it and I'm not trying to like it. And daddy mean, loved Deuce and Deuce loved Daddy too. So yeah. That makes and I'm, sense. I'm not trying to make it something like that, but it's just no, but the it thought is. that it crossed the tall my mind. man is the tall man is just slowly coming to get me, bro. Bro. He's coming to get me. And that's the fucked up thing about him. And we're going to find out in this movie, death, well, you, you can't even escape him by dying, bro. Because he's like, nope, that's my domain. That's his domain. Well, Exclusively. Tomorrow... Exclusively. Yeah. <laughs> well, tomorrow when you let Paul outside and he comes back, he's going to come back with a little Jawa and a cape. And that's going to be Jawa. A little yeah. tiny deuce. Yeah, a little Chihuahua. A little, a little Chihuahua deuce. <laughs> With green eyes and a Jabba hoodie. I thought about that today. I was thinking about you today, and I'm like, man, that is so bizarre. And I I know he was an old boy, and that it it happened like just out of nowhere like that. Well, he was starting to get old, man. He was starting to have accidents, and sometimes he would, like, have trouble getting up. And he, like, you know, they got, like, that anal gland 
and all that on their butt that's supposed to be like like uh expressed at the vet and whatever mm-hmm. well his his like ruptured and oh. i think that's why he died actually Uh-oh. i think he had internal bleeding cuz his last night his feet and his ears were cold and i think i think what happened i think he probably had a heart attack and like the some shit ruptured and he just internally bled. So I think the thing that matters though is that you were there, y'all were all there, and I know he yeah. was just scared and stuff, dude. But imagine, I just imagine him being alone. Yeah, that I'm glad works. it happened before we all went to bed. Hundred percent. Glad we all got to be there with him because he was he was terrified, and I felt so fucking bad because. He was just laying there struggling to breathe and scared and didn't know, you know, he couldn't keep still. He he couldn't get comfortable. He had his family and his dog friends with him. That's really all you can ask. Yeah. If I could die, well, if I could die with everyone around me, that'd be cool. But I hope they immediately leave because I'm about to shit myself. Where's Cronenberg? He ain't said shit. He's probably listening, boys. listening, boys. You're here, though. You're a part of it. He's he's knee deep in a box of Kleenex right now, doing the Scottish weep. Uh, I thought he was trying to kick the bag again. I know, yeah. showing off them glutes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck. We the we Scotch all we glutes. all know that picture was twenty fucking years ago, and he can't barely lift a fucking knee. I bro, <laughs> bro, well, I, I would have been would have been for me anyway. I, I can I can sit I would, here comfortably. I got that covered. I, I wouldn't fuck with that guy. No, <laughs> no. I, I'm sure he could still kick the shit. That dude is Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Roadhouse, Roadhouse. Yeah. the yeah, Scottish Roadhouse, Roadhouse boy. Mm-hmm. But the, well, but then do I get to do I get to meet him and say I thought you'd be bigger? Do I get to do that? Mm. Yeah, no? <laughs> yeah. If y'all both yeah. come to New Orleans, or does, he just, you wanna, does he just say that to get, me and we just get it over with? If you want to get kicked Sprinkle right on zombie. top of your head, <laughs> you, you can be there. You can be there the day I decide to fucking drink a bottle of yeah. turpentine and piss on a fire. And then uh, fucking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking great. Yeah. With that yeah. America, with that American fucking flag wrapped around my back and a fucking eagle Look. landing on my fucking shoulder. I'm just going to be like, uh, yeah, wow, boy. Bro. I have It'll a round of like... and, then, and then folk will look, folk be, your neighbors will look out the window and be like, who's this goddamn cool young cheeto boy? Yeah, it's true. It's true. He'll I'm going to show up there. Actual griffin. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then Cronenberg's going to see me and he's going to try to roundhouse kick me, but then I'm going to slingshot some T-boy's boudin in his mouth. Yeah. Oh, and and, and he's just going to stop what he's doing. Yeah. Neutralize He'll the be Scotsman. Like, He'll be like, yeah. "What in the haggis is this?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my ball, my ball's gonna be Trev, sitting there being slap, like, you, "Trev, you'll slap me with your balls," and I'll be like, "Did we just become best friends?" <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now let's go kick this bag together. <laughs> uh, I see a soundstage, and I see two opposing walls, and Cronenberg coming through with an eagle or an American flag cape on the back of a griffin, and then I see Trevor coming through the other wall, and it's basically the Kool Aid Man. So it should be awesome. I can't wait to see it. I want to see oh, Trevor, yeah. Trevor covered in fleur de lis and shit, and and just being like, <laughs> He's gonna be covered in Mardi Gras beads, yeah, singing yeah. that, yeah. Throwing oh. boudin. He's gonna have like a bandolier of boudin. 
That's right. <laughs> yeah, we all have we all have to make an offer of beads to Trevor so he doesn't kill us. Yes, right. excellent. Okay, T- tie his balls up with it the way that fucking Mike tried to hang himself on this movie tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Cronenberg, can you can you get Totemarink over here? Oh, why, why, yeah, why did you have to fucking say his name, dude? I have, I, I have something I want to. I've never directly spoken. None of us have to to Totem Rinkin. tonight. I would like for everyone who's listening. The nightclub has a Discord link in the show notes. Jump in that motherfucker because Totem Rink is constantly in the Discord, causing havoc and being a son of a bitch. This is a magical. I'm explaining this for everyone. Well, you know what, Cronenberg. I'm gonna let you explain it. You'll explain it better than me. Um, but 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 uh, tell us about Totemarink, if you will, and then get his ass over here. What do you mean? Let him explain. I'll explain, boy. Up here, boy. Listen. For fuck's sake, like TV. Why the fuck did you have to invite him? <laughs> I'm part of this party. Part of the nightclub. Holy fuck, you fucking jabroni. I've got the best content. Now, what do you want to know, Tibu? You fucking jabroni. You goddamn cool What? I'm a jabroni, Totemarink? You're a goddamn fucking jabroni, Tibu. Everyone's a fucking jabroni. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, So, Totemarink, can you tell us about what you are and why you're there at Ian's? <laughs> I broke in here one day to use the toilet, and I never left. And I shit in his shoes every day. And I go out and I break into other folks' houses and I shit in their carpet and I turn the heating on and I leave because I'm cosmic <laughs> as fuck because I'm totem and and I can do anything. Yes, oh. you, definitely, you definitely can. But So Ian told me a story one time where you went off on some misadventure and um, Ian, help me out with this. He, 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 uh, he showed back up after like six weeks or something. Like, What, what did he do? There's, there's many a things that he's done, Tibu. You tough to refresh. Refresh my memory, Tibu. Don't listen to this jabroni. He knows nothing. He knows fucking nothing. I think there's something going on. I think I think you care about Ian more than you're letting on and more than he thinks. One time you went off on some misadventure and then you showed back up like six weeks later just to remind him of something. I can't remember the damn details of this story, but then you left again. But you showed up just to let him know that you were still thinking about him. You love Ian, don't you, Toto, Toto Marine? You love him, huh? No. No. I hate him. He's a fucking jabroni. Mm-hmm. Like all the other jabronis. I'll flush him down the toilet. Flush him right down there. He'll probably wash up Louisiana. Maybe even Minnesota. All they fucking council estate Canadians. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Fuck Minnesota. <laughs> oh, Listen. Boy, Totem Rank sounds, Totem Rank sounds angry. I mean, I have an honest question, Totem Rank. Has Cronenberg ever touched you? Find a shoes on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's grind. It's grind right. house zombie. You yeah, fuck fuck you, Toy Marink. You're dead to me. <laughs> oh. No, what you want to ask him? What you want to ask him? We got him here. So what you got for him? I wanted to ask him if Cronenberg had ever touched him inappropriately. <laughs> well, grind house zombie, you may be the sort of deviant that thinks about Cronenberg touching my dingaling, hoping that I get a pinger. But no, he never has. How dare you, you fucking Jimmy Savile wannabe. <laughs> you're a fucking jabroni. See, see that's it. A... What you do up there in Minnesota, just because you're fucking council of state Canadians. You it's okay. Totemarink, it's, it's okay. I can sense your energy. I can tell that you are an abuse survivor. It's okay. Let it out. It's okay. <laughs> 
I, hold on. I want to just... Two zombie, mate. You're going to go home and wank about this tonight, aren't you? You're going to leave this podcast, wank yourself into a handkerchief, and be like, oh, I told him I think that was good. Call me daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to I want to point out the fact that Toda Marine name dropped Jimmy Savile and if one day one day I want to do an episode on that motherfucking guy because that dude is a creepy fucked up dude with a history y'all would not believe if y'all don't know about this guy. He is fucking in it's insane. It's an insane story. Good pull there Toda Marine. Um okay. So I just wanted to know, you know, if you if you actually had some feelings for Ian and uh, I, I think I think I think you do. I could I feel like I can see through the hate and I I, I hear the love that's buried deep inside of your evil little can do anything heart. Um, and I I, I would just like you to uh tell our boy Ricky that everything's gonna be okay and he did the right thing with Rickles. his buddy last night. Yeah. Rickles boy. Yo yo. Are you what's there? Up? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. What's boy. up, bud? You're the MVP. You're a goddamn 10, boy. Everything's oh. going to be okay, boy. You hear? Tony Marine got your back. I'll tell you what, Rickles, you're welcome at the lily pad anytime you want. But don't you dare bring that piddling bastard Kerry King here. <laughs> I swear to fuck. Hey, better <laughs> stand in my couch with his dirty trainers on. Because I'll fucking slap fuck at him. I'll hit him with a toadstool. Bang! And then you'll go like that. What did you do that for? I'll go like that. Bang! Hit you with the toadstool! Bang! The toad's <laughs> elbow! One, two, three! The toad will be the lily pad champion! Why the f- Where the fuck do you come up to this? Ah, bring all the best content! You would be bored if I wasn't here! Listen, you're the bane of my fucking life. I am not! You like me! I hate you! Love hate relationship! That's how this works, baby! <laughs> Oh well, Toda Marie, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll I want to, I want to have you, have you back at the end of the, uh, the episode tonight. We, we, we want to ask you about this movie. I'm sure you watched it with uh, Cronenberg today because you're ever present, omnipresent, omnipotent. Um, in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for, uh, for chiming in there, Toad. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm a jabroni in your eyes, but uh, I'm not the fan favorite, so I get it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> all right speaking of carrie king thank you totem rink for that uh so, sorry you had to endure ian um we're gonna go ahead and do some ricky's ripping riffs if y'all are ready guys yeah i'm ready all right i'm gonna kick us off tonight speaking of the discord we recently had a conversation in there about a certain band called the smashing pumpkins and i think i've recommended one of their albums before if i have not Oh, well, this will be a, a recommend tonight. And per the conversation on the Discord, I want to recommend Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness from This album got released in October of that year, so kind of close to Halloween right there, and pretty cool considering this this double LP is a mixture. It's so diverse, like from 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 the first to the last track. 
amazingly diverse 28 track album it's got of course it's rock music for the most part but it's like hard rock there's hints of metal there's grunge there's alt pop there's art rock um everything in between like this this album is just amazing some of the singles off of it a lot of people would know like bullet with a butter with a butterfly wings would be the big one where he's like the world is a <laughs> he right. sounds like Cartman, dude. It's the best. It's bad on my ridge. I'm still a cop in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> I would say one of the best songs on the record, which is also one of the most overplayed, I admit, is 1979. But that is still such a fucking... The, the lyrics... That, to me, that's their best song. It's a great song. I think it's a great song. And the album kicks off with Tonight Tonight, which is fucking fire, man. Um, 33 is another Meh. great well and that's that's fine but that's the that's the song that like I first heard from that record that really got me into oh, it oh that makes sense taps mm. into that pretentious caveman brain you got pretentious caveman <laughs> yeah you like that <laughs> yeah I do that's like a stoic <laughs> savage I dig it yeah it is um, that's that's my joke stoic savage alternate person right. like if I'm Eminem and I have Slim Shady that's right. my alter That's personality. That's your alter ego, right? Yeah. So Stoic Savage's alter ego is pretentious caveman. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> There's some deep cuts on that album, though, that I was throwing out in the Discord. I think they're fucking great, and they're better than some of the hits from that album, in my opinion. Here Is No Why is fucking awesome. In your sad machines. Like, that shit is so dope. There's a song called In the Arms of Sleep that is perfect for a nighttime drive. Especially if you're feeling kind of like the album indicates melancholy. It's a great melancholy track. And there's another song on this album called Bodies. That is so fucking just driving. And then there's this little bridge where he's like, love is suicide. It's angsty. It's beautiful. And it's one of my favorite albums of all fucking time. It's a heavy listen because it's two records, basically. It's a double LP, but... If you ever find yourself, you know, wanting to spend about an hour, a little, a little over an hour listening to something, check out Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Next, Goldberg. I'll go. Spear him. <laughs> can you, Spear him. Can Jack, you hear J- me? Jackhammer now. me, Daddy. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. I've already yeah. got. I've already got Totorink as my daddy and your mommy as my mommy. So I've already got a good three way going. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I, I I I picked these up on vinyl this weekend. Um, they're harder to find than I thought they were, um, but I'm happy that I got them. Um, but you know me, and you know I like old shit, so I'm gonna go uh, Guns N' Roses, Usually Illusion 1 and 2. Oh, fuck yes. When I look into your eyes, I can see love restrained. 
So I've got a fun story about these. So when these came out, I was working in a retail place. So a hundred fucking years ago, right? And we actually got them into the store about on cassette tape, no less, about two weeks before they came out. So I just, this is back in the days of put a price on it and the cashier, cashier just rings it up. So I just put price stickers on them and bought them like two weeks before they were even out. Nice. And fucking A. I wore those two out, those two tapes out, probably within a month. And probably two weeks after they out, I had to buy them again because the fucking tapes wouldn't work anymore. Damn. I mean, obviously off of Use Your Illusion 2, um, you know, You Could Be Mine and the, the term, Terminator 2 connection was obviously kind of cool. Um, Fuck yeah. But just so many good songs on both of these. Um, Civil War, Don't You Cry. I mean, there's every, just about every fucking song. Um, Shotgun Blues is a fucking great tune off of there. Everything. I mean, everything is near perfect. It's not flawless, but it's near perfect. Um, and it's also kind of the last sort of decent Guns N' Roses albums, if you ask me. Anyway, so those two, What's I'm kind of bro? Kinda you doing don't love You don't love Chinese democracy, bruh? No, I don't. <laughs> no one no one does. And, and, I, I, I don't, <laughs> and, and I really don't like the spaghetti incident either. So, I mean, it's like, it, the, yeah. I've never but, listened I mean, to that that album, honestly. I mean, it was the it was the it was the high point for Guns N' Roses, and it was I mean, and I saw them on tour for those two albums, and those two albums have been part of my just not even my like hard rock or heavy metal, just my music zeitgeist since they came out. They're ones I can just come home and put on, and just doesn't matter what I'm doing, I get into it because I can't fucking help it. Guns N' Roses album like I still kind of like is Appetite for Destruction mm-hmm. and that's mostly because it's partially about me and my love for Kaboom cereal <laughs> that's what that's what that's what Mr. Brownstone is actually about it's actually about me eating Kaboom in case you're wondering it's not about Spike and Heroin before you go on stage you're sure yeah <laughs> okay. no it's about me and Kaboom it's about a, He's been a dancing chi- with Mr. Brownstone. <laughs> a, a, yeah, child, yeah. a child in his favorite cereal. Oh, had I yeah. known. That just changes yeah. that whole album for me. I think I love it even more. Hell yeah, that's why we're going to do... Lo- uh, that's why we're going to do merch with the, uh, a uh, mockery of that album cover mm-hmm. and our dumb faces on it. Yep. <laughs> that would be awesome. There's going to be a Kaboom cereal box right in the fucking center of it. Hell yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Guns N' Roses cross and the pistols and our dumb faces. It'll be the best. This is this yeah. is a New Year's Eve episode, so get yeah. ready, everybody, because next year, Nightclub's going to have merch available. Okay. Just right. just saying. Just saying. It's coming. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sum up my Guns N' Roses thing with saying that when my wife and I got married, what is it? However, God, coming up on seven years ago. I sort of figured one of the hardest things that we would be able to figure out would be our like our song to dance to, right? Because my wife's just a teensy bit younger than I am. 
and uh, she actually suggested November Rain. Hey, that's a good one. So, and it was nice. like, this is why I married you. I, yeah. <laughs> Argument avoided. Awesome. I, I think yeah. that's a great Guns N' Roses song and a great, yeah. it's a great song. Um, I need to hear that song again because the message of that song is mixed to me at this point. Uh, oh, I completely agree. But that's if you if you knew us and us together, it makes total fucking sense. Yeah, and I'm not trying to poo-poo your story. It's a great story. No, I, no, no, no. I understand what you mean completely. The reality of that song is that he marries everybody her. needs some time on uh, their own. Yeah, but then, <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but yeah. like she dies and he's sad and his dreams are crushed, and that's just fucking life. That yeah. shit happens. What the fuck are you gonna do? You can't. You can't live every day of your life trying to hold what you do up to some dream, trying to make sure it comes true. You just gotta fucking live. And when bad shit happens, you gotta, you gotta just, you gotta take it for what it is, and you gotta get to the next step. That's just how, that's kind of how she views it too. So, I mean, we've had, we've had more than one night down here where we put that on, and she makes me sit at my desk and play piano and sing into my microphone. Okay, it, for some reason, it does something for her. So, Grindhouse, you whatever. can play piano. No, my desk piano. Just oh, oh my desk fuck. piano, dude. No, I, I cannot, got I oh. got excited as fuck. I cannot. I I have tried many many instruments. I cannot play any of them. It's unfortunate. When I was like seven years old, I got pretty good at the recorder, but I've dropped that since. Uh, <laughs> this episode is stupid. Play this song on recorder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> play um, November Rain on the recorder, bro. <laughs> one, one, one little fun fact about uh, Axl Rose is he has gone down in history as the most he has the most vocal range of any popular star like from uh mariah carey to fucking willie nelson whatever you want to say he has the most vocal range available to him out of any singer on a popular level and he's such a cool guy like in real life too (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the best part. Like he's so relatable, and he's such a cool guy. He fucked the drummer's girlfriend in the sound booth during the Appetite for Destruction recordings, and they left the fucking recorded audio in the album. Yeah, yeah, it's on Rocket Queen. That's so crazy, man. What the fuck? Yeah, he's just such a cool guy, man. Down such to earth, a... easy to get along with. Yeah, never, never should have gotten his ass handed to him. Mm-hmm. Never, never. All right, who's up next? Okay, I'll go. Hey, I'll, I'll go. All right, oh, fuck. I'll no, go. no, you're the guest. Chrono Bug Girls. Do you want me to go last? Because I'm the guest. I kind of oh, wanted that, yeah. Yeah, I'll go last. I'll go last. All right, bitch. Trev. You, you, gotta give... you, use, you use the guest card on me. You got to give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to pull, so, use I'm gonna pull a Travis here and say, Trevor, there's a structure to this fucking show, okay? <laughs> yeah, Trevor. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Grindhouse. <laughs> Good job, All right. bud. Good job. You're fucking welcome. You're going to get a promotion. <laughs> Third place. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Um, for my first album, I am going to go with uh, Disturbed, Immortalized, the oh. Deluxe Edition. Hello, darkness, my with you again Because a vision softly creeping 
did scenes while I was leaving And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence Look, man, this song, which I, I know is a, a remake, but the sound of silence by Disturbed on this album just hits me in the gut every time I hear it. Every fucking time I hear it. It's just great. And then you go from that, and then you listen to the rest of the album, and then you feel like you want to go to war and punch somebody in the face. Um, it's, it's true. <laughs> Well, in, in Disturbed's defense, that is kind of all of their albums. I mean, you, you might be correct, but I always start this album by listening to The Sound of Silence first and then just letting it go through all the tracks. And it works very well. Uh, I think they fucked up. They should have put that as their first song. But whatever. It's a great album. I like it. And in the naked light I saw 10,000 people maybe change the pace up a little bit and Damn, i'm gonna go with, i'm gonna i'm gonna go with my favorite face tattooed artist ever wait you're Whoa. doing both right now oh oh that's we, why i'm saying damn yeah bah that's all right i'll wait go yeah, ahead. wait we, we round robin 
Yeah. Yeah. I just All did right. my I just did my two because they came out I at was the same di- time. I w- so they were I was there. I got you. I was distracted by Travis structure all over me. <laughs> structure. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got something I on my throat here. I didn't even know structure Ryan did both of his. <laughs> me either. No, that wasn't my two. I have two different things, but usually illusion one and two came out at the same time. They were basically the same gotcha. an ext- an extension. So I, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we, it's a double yeah. album. We both yeah. did double albums, G H G. Yeah. So well, I'm about to do two two albums too because uh <laughs> So, Fuck the structure. Fuck it. It's just any it's of chaos. Y'all, have any of y'all ever heard... <laughs> Nightclub! Nightclub! <laughs> so, right here, I have Super Joint, formerly known as the Super Joint Ritual. I don't Fuck know if yes. any of you cucks ever Phil listened Anselmo. to this. Phil Anselmo. Yeah, boy. Phil Anselmo, Hank Williams III, Jimmy Bauer from I Hate God Down, and... Uh, a million other Louisiana bands. This is some good sludgy hardcore. Two albums worth of it because I haven't listened to the newer shit because it's whatever. But their old shit from 02 and 03, Super Joint, uh, A Lethal Dose of American Hatred, and Use Wants and Destroy. Both fucking tens. Heavy as fuck, and Salmo's a goddamn 10. Jimmy Bowers, a goddamn 10. Hank Williams, the third, is a goddamn fucking 10 on this album. It's it's a 10 on both of these albums. Sludgy hardcore, punk as fuck, mad as fuck. It's about, it's about overdosing on heroin and shit because life was shitty for them. And uh, there you have it. Both of those albums. Well, That's yeah. what I'm waiting with. for the turn, waiting for the turning point. Ripples is yes. a fucking punk rock masterpiece. That is yeah. fucking dynamite. Hell yeah, it is. Waiting for the turning have point you, is, dude. Ever, that and you fuck ever, your enemy. Like those were the first two songs I heard by them, and I was have, like, this is holy shit. This is amazing. Give those albums a chance, based because I heard the the singles they released, and I was like, yo, this is not. This is not super joint ritual. <laughs> this is something yeah. else. But uh yeah, those first two albums, Tim's. If you want if you oh, want yeah. some fucking pissed off and Salmo sludgy punk hardcore, then go for that. And this is him just like leaving Pantera. Phil this Anselmo, is right after is, Pantera. Yeah, yeah, he is pissed off at the fucking world. He was Nine pissed. Pantera, he, he's fucking angry. Oh yeah, he was pissed and he was on all kind of fucking drugs and mad about it. Fucking the the lyrics, dude. Like the lyrics are so fucking. I don't even know what to say. Like I don't know the words because he's screaming about needles hanging out of his arm and shit. And I'm like, God damn, boy. God damn, ten, boy. <laughs> God damn, ten, boy. So, there you have it. Lethal dose of American hatred and use once and destroy. By the Super Joint Ritual. Boom. 
So the first album that I have chosen is from an extreme metal band from Sweden. The band's name is Dissection, and Ooh. it's their first album, The Somberlane. They've got the, the title of Extreme Metal, but when you kind of break it down, they're kind of black metal with a dose of melodic death metal mixed in there. Because you've got like this bog standard black metal style of screaming and singing. However, all the melody comes from the guitars. There's a lot of death metal riffs in there. Um, that's for all your kind of melody. You've got obviously the twin harmony guitars, a lot of solos that come out of nowhere, big kind of riffs. What's great about the album is a lot of the tracks, you get caught off guard where a lot of the kind of time changes and the changes to the riffs. If you like the band Children of Bodom, uh, this is definitely a band for you. Somberlane's for like 93, so they predate Children of Bodom, but when you listen to the guitars, you can tell that uh, you know a lot of the kind of fans that came were about the early 2000s are heavily influenced by dissection. Again, right. mixture of kind of long tracks. I think the opening track is eight minutes long, but then obviously they, they do shorten. They get down to like kind of four or five minutes. But I mean, some of the title names of these tracks you've got Black Horizons. Crimson Towers, that's got to be a Lord of the Rings reference, it's got to be Heaven's Damnation if you like your black metal death metal, melodic death metal check these guys out because it's heavy as fuck but it's got a good bit of melody within the guitars and it's a goddamn ten boy <laughs> and something else I want to say about it Ian, even though it's not traditionally seen as pure black metal all those like neckbeardy gatekeeper guys totally treat it as if it is anyway, and I would say it's also essential black metal listening, even with the death yeah. metal influences that it has. If you if you like yeah. if you like black metal and you haven't listened to Dissection, especially their early stuff, you're fucking up.
Cronenberg, can you yeah, tell boy. us, can you reiterate all of that, but do it really succinctly and uh, and do it with the most Scottish way possible? Yeah, two seconds, mate, right? Right, skip this section, Summerlin, then you get three, so you just black metal, death metal, all death metal, death metal, trash guitar. Then you forget farmers, very chill on the bottom. This is a long shot, trash, trash, black rising concerns, having damnation, and set for a screw of the mistress of Ruby Sorrow. For fuck's sake, I'm fucking my chin. How was that, Tito? That was good, yes. Did you get that? Yeah, oh, I got it. Our first ever actual advertising on here, that was brought to you by Rosetta Stone. <laughs> sponsored by Rosetta Stone. I don't care what they say about you, Grindhouse. You're great. Oh yeah, boy. Well, what the fuck are they saying about me? So my Apparently. next album is uh Goddamn Travis. <laughs> well, you fucking jumped right over what? that, you Hobbit motherfucker. No, jump, you jumped the lily pad, yeah, there, I'll, son I'll, of a bitch. I've heard, I've heard stories, Grindhouse. It's something to do with kind of like behind the coal shed. Don't tell your mum and dad. It was something like that. Mm. <sighs> yep. <laughs> Silence, I... crickets. He don't know what to say. Humming, 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 humming. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not often you're accused of child molestation. That's a. It's a weird place for me to be. <laughs> I know for. Oh, I know oh, for no, you guys in Louisiana, it happens all the time. He didn't I'm not going to think, think bad about you for grinding on a new house, okay? Uh, if you want to grind on a new house, that's fine. He was it's grinding. a little young, but you can do that. Well, he was Just grinding the grind coal on shed. A new shed. He was, <laughs> the new shed. The coal shed. <laughs> the coal shed. It was a coal shed, right? Y'all have a coal shed in Scotland? What the fuck kind of shit y'all got over there, man? <laughs> Yeah, that cunt's got up in fucking Minnesota for the fucking minus fucking sixty degree fucking oh, winters or whatever the fuck's going on. There's a lot of there's a lot of houses like you go into Minneapolis, um, like in you know the old houses that people think are cool, but yeah. they don't like. But there's like legit history. There's a ton of old houses that still have coal shoots and they still have the uh, I forget what it's called, but it's the plug in for like an oil furnace where you can fill an oil like an oil drum that's underneath the ground to, to make an oil furnace go. So that shit, oh, that shit's still there, and some damn. of it's cool as hell. But you'd never, you'd never know. Like, the people, the the hippie douchebags that can afford those houses now come in and just you know put wallpaper <laughs> over it and pretend it's not there. <laughs> Goddamn hippies! That's some fucking cool history. That's some cool ass history. I'm like a coal shoot. That's fucking cool as hell. Fuck yeah. I, whatever. I mean, no, I dig unfor- it. Un- unfortunately, small children can also escape out of it, but it's still cool. <laughs> God damn! I love you, Grindhouse. I All love right. you too, Grindhouse. <laughs> um, my next album. Savile. No, Grindhouse no, Savile. No. He ain't. Sa- he is nuts. <laughs> I I love the joke, but he ain't that motherfucking guy. I'll tell you right now. No, definitely not. Okay, so my next album. I got four four essential bands from when I was growing up that consist uh, like they were the first bands I found on my own that weren't my parents music or my cousins or friends music whatever mm-hmm, let's hear that, about them that was third third eye blind matchbox mm. 20 goo goo dolls and mm. tonight's album rec- second album re- recommendation from me so much for the afterglow by everclear you put yourself in stupid places yes i think you know it's true situations where it's Just 
See next fucking month uh, at the fucking Le Berge Casino. Uh, yeah, they're on that level at this point. But hey, they're still doing the goddamn thing. This band was founded nice. by Art Alexicus. Um, he's the singer-songwriter that's spearheaded the band from the beginning. And this is a 1997 album. It's a rock record, but it's got heavy pop sensibilities. They kind of they kind of went from the previous record was Sparkle and Fade which is a rock record with pop sensibilities and then he kind of flip-flopped it um you have out uh songs on this album like everything to everyone i will buy you a new life the title track so much for the afterglow um they got a grammy nod for the instrumental track el distorto de melodica and and then but the song on that album that really hit me the hardest was father of mine not because i had a deadbeat dad not at all but my dad was always away working, so I kind of related to it in uh, a way that my dad was kind of gone a lot. That's why my, Benji loved that song so much. Like, oh, yeah. Really... It, unless you have a completely beaver cleaver family where dad's home at five, dinner's on at six, and all that. I think that song speaks to just about every grown man on the fucking planet, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Hey, and but I want to stress that the message of the song is that the dad was not there. He was very absent in, in the, in the story of the song. So that's not the case with me. It's just that my dad was always away working, um, that oil field, Louisiana life, you know? And so he had like, he had 14 and 14 schedule for most of my life. He was home half the month and it just, it, it, I don't know. I related to it. Like you say, grindhouse, I, I, I could just relate on that level. And I felt my friend, or a friend of ours um, had a dad that was absent, and I kind of sometimes maybe saw it through his eyes when I would hear that song, and you know empathize with him. And yeah, um, the the harder song in that in that vein, Travis is uh, "Faster Pussycat's House of Pain." That song is that's one that still gets me, but it gets me more because that was around the time where my dad lost his marbles and kind of became somebody else, so he was still there basically but he wasn't the same dude so it was like you know so yeah if you ever want to get uh, well never yeah. mind <laughs> never no, mind. yeah it's, yeah it's, i like it's, going it's, down emotional rabbit holes well this yeah. is like this is like wash your mouth out with buckshot sort of emotional so it's like yeah it's, you got to be careful with that song faster yes. pussy cat's house of pain use at your own discretion I do I it regularly. I'll, I'll be honest, man. I'll listen to some Ryan Adams or some Mazzy Star when I want to go to that place because I'm kind of already feeling it. So I'll go there with with music. Music is yeah, the, yeah, the but it's definitely one. yeah, it's definitely not. That's more of an emotional roller coaster. Like all the bands that you mentioned, and they're all I, I have connections to all of them too. But they're all the like, uh, you know, the teenager backseat hand job rock that sure. we all kind of kind of grew up listening to it's like not the music you're gonna get laid to you but you might get jerked off to you know because it just doesn't hit quite as hard damn i I wish that (laughs) i I wish that would have been happening for me no i was i was actually in my room listening to third eye blind goo goo uh matchbox just by myself emoting to the all these bands and and connecting and being like wow if you were jerking off yourself it still counts so whatever (laughs) No, but I I do want to say like I could have went with um the album that came out after this, which was uh I think it was called The American Dream. 
You might be right. The hard part about Everclear is they faded so fast. They really they, they did. They did. The the uh songs from an American movie volume 1 learning how to smile was the, the I got that album after getting this record um so much for the afterglow and that album has some great tracks on it including learning how to smile the title track which is probably my favorite Everclear song. But so much for the afterglow is the record that I would have to go with as like the overall I think that might be their I don't want to say best record, but it's it's a good one to start with if you just want to get the vibe of of Everclear and what they're about. Most people know them for their song Santa Monica. So yeah, that's Sparkle that's, and Fade. Yeah, yeah that's on Sparkle yep. and Fade. So I that's why I kind of wanted to go, but I was like, you know what? No, this is the first one I got, so I'm gonna go with this one. This record's a 10 out of 10. I fucking love it. I love Everclear. And I can't wait to go watch them and fucking have a great ass fucking night and jam the fuck out, dude. That would be a fun ass show. That would be. I, I'm glad y'all think so. I look. I looked at. I'm not gonna let you poo poo. I looked at their tour, their set list that they've been playing on this tour, and they're playing all the songs you you want to hear them play, man. Except learning how to smile. They're not doing that one. I don't know. No. Yeah, I know. That's but... probably the encore song. <laughs> I hope they pull it out. And and put it in my face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I see. I want to pull mine out. I see. I see Ricky over there, kind of wanted to wanted to poo poo Everclear, and I get why. And again, I'm going to say it was backseat hand job rock. That's what it was. Sure. Um, I mean, but if it if but it like, touched you, it didn't matter, right? Well, well yeah. For, from my that now, I want to stress that from my perspective, and and Grindhouse has his say. I'm I'm having mine. I don't view these bands and this band as that kind of music for me. Um, to me, you're talking about butt rock from the early 2000s, like Hatebreed, and which Hatebreed's no. kind of dope, dope at this point. No, I Hatebreed's like Hatebreed's not I, butt rock, though. No, no, it huh, was, huh. it Different. was. No, this is, and I'm not, I'm not trying. Here's the thing, I'm not I'm trying. I'm not the one who's so far. You're away. thinking of Godsmack. That's Godsmack, but yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying my face. But see, I'm I, sh- I, I would backpedal Godsmack too now and say Godsmack's actually kind of dope. At this point, they really to me. are. Yeah, oh, they are. So, God's my, so, like that. Ah, be, Wankalo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wankalo. Well, to be clear, though. <laughs> <laughs> to be very clear, Travis. So we're not. So we're not starting some uh, internal turmoil. I'm not shitting on your music. No, I like, we're not. I like all of that. For me, it comes from an. It comes from an age, and it was because I'm a, a tiny bit older. That was the stuff that we talked about as guys in our like mid twenties. Yeah, like we would be in the backseat of our car getting furiously jerked off by our girlfriend to this song. That's what we called it. That's why we called it the backseat jerk off rock. Because of that, because I was younger and desperately alone. A lot of these love songs and stuff that some of these bands would write where the emotions were so on the sleeve. They just hit me in a in a way that like I get it like I do get it. And that's why I guess I'm relating the butt rock to that kind of stuff, because I was a little bit older when bands like godsmack and three days grace and uh hinder they were all like lips of an angel and all that shit and i was like dude this music fucking this is butt rock this is and it's for douchebags who like to get jerked off by their girlfriends in the backseat of a car well see uh, i would i would argue <laughs> they, i would argue the hinder and i think i've already told you my my hinder story what? have i not no no i don't know tell me now. oh post post divorce post my what when the end of my first marriage I got so much ass to hinder. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you did so... tell me that. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Do... Mm-hmm. Oh, the fucking. I was lips there. Of... I was the there li- for that. The story. lips of an angel. 
<laughs> that song, Lips of an Angel, baby, put them lips to work. Oh my God. Yeah. I I I love Hinder just for the amount of tail I got from that first album. And I mean, their stuff's not great. I get it. But this is where it's not even good. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> no, and, and, and this is where like ever um um I know I'm pretentious Travis. It's becoming a thing, but I would even backpedal now again. Yeah, I'm holding my pinky up while I say this and say <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say fuck Hinder the way I used to. I don't like them. I don't have to like them, but I'm not. But I don't want to sit here and say that they didn't do the thing because they did the thing. They did it. I saw them live, and while I did not enjoy them, I think Trevor was at that same concert. Uh, yeah, Stain, I didn't Stain, like them. Stained yeah. Hinder, Blackstone Cherry, and Three Days Grace. Yep. Stained headlined, and they 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 also phoned it in that night to me. I was kind of disappointed with how they did that night. But all that being said, it was still a fun time. Hinder just got on my nerves back in the gap. And Three Days Grace <laughs> was actually pretty good live. I just didn't like them. Uh, Blackstone Cherry surprised the fuck. I didn't know who they were, and they were fucking dope as shit. Mm, yeah. I like I like them when I saw them. Um, I wish Stain would have been better. I and I know they can be. They just didn't do it for me that night. Oh. Anyway, no, I mean it, it. All it all it all makes sense. And my my only point was that I was not shitting on the stuff that you were talking oh, know, about because those all have a those all have a special little tiny place in my heart that I will listen to them when you're in a certain mood or if they come on the radio. Mm-hmm. Let's admit it. You don't turn the fucking volume down. You turn it up, right? So and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I want to give a special shout out because people forget, people forget, and and you what you just said is the perfect thing to say for this band I'm about to mention. You don't turn it down, you turn it up, and maybe you don't want people to know, but I'll say it for you. You can live with me. Nickelback. Nickelback. No, no, really. No. <laughs> Creed, motherfuckers, oh, yeah. forget. Creed <laughs> with eyes yeah, wide open. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Can you take me higher? them because then shortly thereafter scott staff went fucking mental and was just doing all kinds of weird shit so it's like yeah he went crazy for a minute Well, just with like for life it was relatable to me because with my dad so it was like well i'm gonna right. listen to your stuff one more time but again what it, if what if did y'all know that his dad was a dentist and <laughs> used to pull his teeth out to punish him as a child oh yeah so well, like when when I when I had heard about that, <laughs> I had a whole fuck. new like view on Creed. I was like, this poor motherfucking guy, dude, growing yeah. up getting your teeth pulled out as a child. Wow. Yeah. yeah so yeah, like, if you're wondering why he's kind of cuckoo, you know. Well, yeah, I maybe wanna, uh, if all that didn't happen, he could hit a little better vocal range like Freddie Mercury, huh? Wow, oh, bro, bro. Okay. Sometimes he was off for a while. He's back. He's. Back. I want to give everyone a good update on Creed. They're going on tour next year. All right, they're mm-hmm. back together. They're all back together. They're they're doing yeah, the. What's their lead thing. guitarist name? What was Tremont, his name? Tremonti. He Rock is a motherfucking G. So you know, yeah. like I'll shit on Creed all day because they make some poo poo songs, mm. but. 
they are some good musicians. They know how to play. It's just like Nickelback. They make some poo-poo songs, but they can play. Like, they're still good musicians. I'll even admit what Grindhouse was going to say when he brought up Nickelback. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You don't turn it down. You turn it up. You turn it, it the fuck it up. It depends. It depends. Yeah. It's I'm like, not going to say I'll turn up I'll turn up every Nickelback song. Right. No, no. but I mean But some of yeah. them some of them, dude. This is how you remind me as a banger. Yeah. I don't care. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. The long I had the long road. I had that album. Yeah. Boy, yeah, no, this is how you remind me was from Silver Sunday. Well, Super didn't Mark Tremonte, once Scott Stapp went off to the fucking Cougar Bird Lane, he did... Alter um, Bridge. Alter Bridge, yeah. yeah. Thank Alter you. Bridge yeah. with Miles well, Kennedy, yeah. and that band yes. is a fucking banger band. Yeah, they got harder. They got harder, which was yeah. what that whole thing needed. Yep. Stop, and I'll let let um, someone go next. No, y'all y'all keep talking about butt rock all night. Fuck but I, but I, but I want well, and this is the penultimate butt rock moment that I had a few years ago. Uh, I think it was 2021 when I realized I need to shut the fuck up and stop shitting on bands that I thought I hated because I I watched Limp Bizkit perform at Lollapalooza. Oh, oh yeah. that's a fucking great gig. Oh, yeah, that was a great gig. Great live. They are fucking yeah, great are. live. I saw Fred Durst come out looking like somebody's hobo dad and yeah. then, and then proceeded that the, him that the whole band proceeded to own they weren't even the headliner of Lollapalooza but they were the most talked about performance of that event that year and they their their performance their stage presence the the effect they had on the audience the positivity that they put out into the world through that performance changed my mind about Limp Biscuit to but, this day. What's their drummer's name again? Don't know. It was Sam Topman, but it's a, it's a different drummer now. Well, I can tell you this. The guy who was playing drums on their first couple of albums is a fucking 10 on the kit, bro. Yeah. What about He's their a guitar? 10 out of what's 10 the, on the what's, kit. What's the guitar? West Borland? West, West Borland. West Borland. I've always loved him because he is that, he is that sock that does not have a match. And he doesn't fucking care. I love, I love. Yeah, Wes is cool, and all his other bands are also really fucking good. 
And he's saw, probably got 15 bands that he's in. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I saw them here in St. Paul, right, at a place called Roy Wilkins Auditorium. Yeah. Now, it's it's a weird setup. It's like a big, huge gymnasium, like a huge gymnasium with a stage or on the one side, and then a big, huge balcony up top. But the balcony and the floor don't connect. So if you want to go from the balcony to the floor, you got to walk literally like a quarter of a mile to get down there. Damn. This big, huge stage setup, it looks like a cell block. It's like 25 nice. feet tall. It looks like a fucking cell block. It's three layers of like cell doors. And he starts chanting to people in the balcony to get the fuck down to the floor. People started jumping off the fucking balcony. Oh my God. <laughs> and at the end of this, at the end of the song, they had to stop because there was like 20 people on the ground with broken legs and broken ankles that jumped off the fucking balcony and they had to haul them out. And then they cleared them out and then got started again. It was Holy fucking wild. Shit, it was man. wild as hell. I mean, like they, the people came, like, that walked from the balcony came down to the doors of the floor that they had locked and ripped the doors off the fucking hinges. <laughs> nice. It was metal as fuck. It's incredible. Yeah. You know what? Limp Biscuit is one of those bands where I was in the same vein the first time I heard some of their stuff. Like, why the fuck would I listen to this? And especially like listening to things off of what is it called? Three Dollar Bill, y'all? Is that what it's called? Yeah. That's um, the first yeah. one. Yeah. And it was like listening to it. And then as soon as I heard their rendition of Faith, it was like, oh, oh I'm going yeah. to like these guys. Just yeah, $3 because, bill, y'all, is 10. Yeah, just, quite yeah just because they don't give a fuck. They just do whatever. And when they came out with an album called, the, called uh, what was it? The Starfish. Chocolate and, Starfish. And chocolate the Starfish. And the hot, yeah. 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 Chocolate Starfish and the hot dog flavored water. That's like, yeah. that's come on my ass. That's what yeah. that is. And it's yeah. like, okay, I'm in. So, dude, dude, yeah. That, I, that, that. I had that record and I had insignificant other. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's and it's like I was like I had these albums as a kid, and I'm like I don't like this. I don't like this fucking music. And <laughs> why did I buy this? Mm-hmm. And then now that I I saw them at Lollapalooza and I saw every song I used to hear as a kid, and I'm like, I did like this. Well, but I don't gotten... know why I thought it was cool to shit on Limp Biscuit for so long. Because and I was, it was wrong because it, it was cool back then. Because someone convinced you, <laughs> yeah, that's probably, how gatekeeping prob- works. Probably a someone girl. Someone convinces probably, you that it's not cool. No, you know? it wasn't. It wasn't a girl. It was. It was my own pretentious mind. I thought I was cool for listening to Bob Dylan and Modest Mouse in high school, and I thought I was too good for Limp Bizkit, but I was fucking wrong. That'd be like an well, asshole. That'd be like an asshole in the horror community thinking that they fucking oh because i watch a24 i can't enjoy street trash and fucking mystics in bali and it's like bitch you don't know what the fuck you're missing well boys let me tell you something see lint biscuit's song hot dog which is like the first musical track on chocolate starfish see when that riff kicks in and then fred dust is like that I I listen to that song and I want to fight the English on a hill. I would die. That's when hot dog gets a fucking banger. That's when Ian just starts fucking roadhousing the shit out of every Englishman in the fucking world. <laughs> Ian paints half his face blue. Yeah. Ian just paints half his face blue and goes roundhouse kick the entire state mm-hmm. of England. <laughs> the, state. <laughs> the state. The whole state. Yeah. 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 Raises, raises a giant foam sword and says, hot dog flavored water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the thing with music, and this is something that unfortunately people that are young 
you can't learn it because you don't have the skills and the necessary attributes about <laughs> about yourself Whoa. to learn it. This is the no, this is the truth. Okay, as as you get older, you understand that just because when you were younger, something quote unquote sucked, it was because you were in a place and you were trying to have an image and you were trying to be cool and trying to do whatever else. And as you get older, you realize that none of that fucking shit matters. It just yeah, doesn't fucking exactly. matter at all. And it's like all that like... Bob Dylan and all that smart shit and the Beatles you listen to, Travis. No, no, bitch. Yeah. None of that shit no. mattered, dude. No, no, Without no, but, the but... goddamn Beatles, there would be nothing. Wow. Thanks, but, Rick. but you weren't you. but you weren't cool for listening to it though. I was I'm saying. I was. No, man. Yeah. Now nah, you weren't getting any backseat hand jobs out the Beatles, I'll tell you that. Uh, um, anyway, bro, and by the way, believe. and by the way, Ender <laughs> is inexcusable. Okay. No more Ender talk. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, Here's fair enough. Point. Yeah. I just wanted well, to give them their 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 moment to say I don't want to fucking hate them anymore. Especially because Grindhouse had a good experience listening to them, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. but but that's it. Yeah, that's it. No hinder well, but, from here on but, out. But hating music, <laughs> hating any music or any band, like like hating any movie or TV show. I mean, it's a waste that, of time. Well, it's a waste of time because it doesn't change anything, and there are still lots of people in the world that love it, and you're still exposed to it. Now, if you bring <laughs> yourself to a place where you decide to let a little bit of certain things in. I don't think that's a bad thing, you know, and I'm not saying run out and buy the albums and rock it all day long. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, it's not, it isn't the worst thing. If you listen to Brian Adams, sometimes it's not the worst things. Oh, if you fuck no, I, right. I, Everything I came, do, I do for you. Somebody came into discord yeah. the other night and was like, where'd everybody go? And I put in a little gif of uh, Tiffany's. I think we're alone now. Mm-hmm. And then I had to yeah. go and listen to the fucking song. And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but so is it great? Fuck no, it's not great. But if it if it does something to you in the moment, who gives a fuck? Fuck the rest of the world know what they think. Dude, I'm Y'all know yeah, what fuck. I've been on lately? I've been on that banana rama. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Cruel summer, man. Cruel summer is a good song. Shit. Yeah. Cruel, Cruel Dude, summer. I'm a simp. I am a simp for and this is cuz people don't want to admit to liking certain songs and for whatever reason, I don't know why. Well, uh, yeah, I, you do. Yeah, you do. Because you were talking about it earlier. You didn't want to like Limp Biscuit. No, but I'm saying that because this you point liked in my life because you liked the Beatles and you right. liked um, uh, Mouse Bob and Dylan Bob and Modest Mouse. Yeah, and you were yeah. like, I'm too good to like right. all this other stuff. But, oh, but, but you this, weren't. But you this, weren't too good. This is from a different perspective of listen, like, I listen think to me. No, I know. I'm not too good. You this were not too good. But I know that now, and I, that's what okay, I'm saying. Good. And and this is from a different perspective, though. I think this is like for me personally, like you shouldn't be ashamed to like certain things. Hell no, especially if it's even like, if it's hinder. It's like if is this going to emasculate you or something, or does it <laughs> right. make sense not to listen to it? As a man, I'm saying because I'm a man, so I'm saying it from a man's perspective. Right. I love the song and am a simp for the album. She's so weird by Cindy Lauper. I love the song. Girls just want to have fun. I loved oh, it. Every-
developers attend. Does the volume go up or does it go down? Up all day. In my car, up every fucking time. Motherfucker goes up. Dude, now just because, for me, just because I want to see Travis's head explode, I'm going to say this. I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this stance right here. There we go, scanners. Bob Dylan is not a singer and never produced any music. He is a spoken word artist. That's what he does. You have not heard enough Bob Dylan is what I will tell you. And it's factual what I'm saying. Bob Dylan grew up in fucking Nash- Minnesota. Nashville you cannot skyline. Get a, you, Nashville you can't, skyline. You he cannot sings. walk around a fucking corner in this goddamn state without hearing some shop or some store with Bob Dylan on. It's Have you heard the album nine, Nashville Skyline? Because he I, sings the whole time. I, I dislike Bob Dylan enough that I don't research his albums. Okay. Well, okay, you, well you go to Maggie's farm and you work for Maggie's no, family. No, my mind is not blown. And, and Trevor, what do you got, bud? Oh, right. I, think oh, I think it's yeah. my. Right. I think it's actually my turn. It's actually my all turn. Right. Oh, that's okay. okay. Right what do you oh, got, bud? Uh, okay, so I was. This is. It's funny how, and I think this is the volume up, volume down thing that we talked about, where you can hear something again, and you're like, "Oh my god, I forgot how perfect that was." So I was at work on Friday, and I was on our production floor doing a bunch of stuff, and I heard a song, and it took me back to 14 year old long haired jean jacketed fucking just oh the coolest ever person who nobody talks to grindhouse zombie it took me <laughs> it took me back there so the album is rust in peace by megadeth yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah um, <laughs> I'm going to say this. Jeff, our final test technician, who is a fucking genius. Uh, if you're listening, you long-haired hippie fuck, I love that you just don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I love that about you. Uh, so when I was out there, we went through this album twice while I was out there. Um, and I it like made my fucking day. It absolutely made my day. Now, as far as like the songs, I mean, this album, for the, for the age, it covered everything. It covered politics, it covered religion, it covered, there was some like DC comic shit in there. I mean, it covered everything. And the songs on here, they're, everybody knows most of the songs. You've heard them somewhere. You might not know it's Megadeth off of Rust in Peace, but you've heard them. My favorite, and probably always will be my favorite, and it's a little bit of a toss up between Holy Wars and then, what the fuck is the other song's name? Nope, take no prisoners. I love the song "Take No Prisoners." What? Which which one was Hangar Eighteen on? Uh, on Rust and Peace. Yeah, that's not. Oh, it is. Okay, it's a, it's a second track. Yep. So you got Holy Wars, Hangar Eighteen, Take No Prisoners, and the Five yeah, Magics. It's a banger. Yeah, and then the second side is Poison Was the Cure, Lucretia, Tornado of Souls, another fucking fucking rock. Tornado of Souls, the guitar work, man. Yep. God, Rockstar, damn. fucking it. yeah. Dawn Patrol, and then, and then Rust and Peace. I mean, so. Holy Wars, I think, is one of those songs that has honestly defied the ages. Because if you look at the lyrics to that song and you think about the way the world is right now, these guys were fucking, they were looking into a crystal ball. They were fucking looking in. And I'm just going to give you the first chunk because I think this bears talking about. So it's brother will kill brothers spilling blood across the land. Killing for religion, something I don't understand. 
Fools like me who cross the sea and come to foreign lands, they ask the sheep for their beliefs and say, do you kill on God's command? I mean, so the way our world is going right now between the wars in Ukraine and what's happening in, in Israel between um, them and the Gaza Strip, I mean, there's so many things that I think it tells you that even back then people were doing shit that to a lot of us doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, I don't, I'm not a religious man, obviously, and I have not lived in a certain place for a certain amount of time, but starting wars for religion to me is absolutely stupid. You know, walking down the streets of New York and punching somebody because they're Jewish is the, the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard of in my life. So yeah. I think I think Holy Wars is tantamount <laughs> to a timeless effigy of why people need to do a better job of getting along. And this is a metal song we're talking about. And it's a metal song that I think says, take a step back, take a deep fucking breath, and try to work with the person next to you as opposed to hate the person next to you because ultimately we have far more in common than we do not so yeah so i i got to see these guys live repping this album a thousand years ago one of the best shows i was ever at i was up in the fucking nosebleeds because i was poor as fuck back then um but it was still just fantastic you know hangar 18 obviously it's a great fucking tune i know on their last album they did a call it a part two called return to the hangar but I, just the whole album i know that when you people talk about the perfect metal albums this album is often in the running for what is a perfect and flawless metal album now do i think it is eh, doesn't really matter what i think nobody pays me for my opinion but it's not fucking yet. great it's great not yet it's great i i love it and it was so good for me that i was at work the place that i would rather be anywhere else, including the proctologist office and or the podiatrist. <laughs> and this album made my fucking day. Like I said, we went through it twice. And it was just, it was just so fucking good. It made me miss the days of having fucking long hair and my fucking sweet pop collar jean jacket. I missed it. Megadeth is dope. Dave Mustaine is dope. Um, I don't agree with him on a, on some things he says, but I but I love his sentiments, especially with what you just displayed. Uh, those lyrics are fucking dope, and and the timeliness, it, it's timeless because we keep fucking repeating history, uh, mm -hmm. and that's the problem. And and what you said is perfect. Like we just need to learn to fucking work with each other and punching anyone for who they are right. if they're not hurting you physically is stupid as fuck. Well, unless you're a Hinder fan, you can punch Hinder fans all no, day. No, no, not even them. Not even, not even them. them. Okay, we punch no. no one. The nightclub mantra: we punch no one. Okay, except unless they're the Germans. Germans. Unless yeah. they're the Germans, and it's World War One. Yeah, or and then we punch them too. We we trench punch. 
Or World trench War punch. Yeah. <laughs> trench. Yeah, World War II also. Yeah. Trench, See, you get, trench kick, you, trench shit. You get you're getting into a slippery place here. What if you're walking down the road enjoying yourself and all of a sudden like a white neo-Nazi fascist group walks by and having a parade? Can I punch them? Nah. So no, don't I'm walking down the street. Can I give him the finger? Yeah. Okay. Give him the finger. I'm good. Give him the finger. All right. All right. Yeah. And record it. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag nightclub. Um, no, hashtag so, fucking ignorance. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. But so, hashtag when you record it and you post it okay. on socials. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag the nightclub. Yeah. Fuck okay, them Nazis. Sure. Okay. Well, hashtag then I'll have napalm. Fuck them goddamn Nazis. You guys could be in the jail cell next to uh, us. Sweet. Let's yeah, go. boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, ready. I'll, I'll go to jail for it. Let's let's yeah, go. Boy. So I want to talk a minute about <laughs> the time I saw O Brother perform in New Orleans. They they came out for an encore. And introduced themselves as Creed and played the first verse to Take Me Higher. Wow. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, and then they left. That's dope. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was fun. All right, so my next album comes from my favorite face tattooed person ever, Post Malone. Oh, nice. Um, it is Hollywood's Bleeding. Yeah, I still um, need to listen to that. Well known mostly for uh, Sunflower that was in uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Some of the other great tracks, I think some of y'all might have heard, was uh, Take What You Want, which features Ozzy Osbourne in it. Yes. That's a fucking good one. Yep. Uh, Die For Me featuring uh, Future and Halsey is a really good one. And then also like the actual Hollywood's Bleeding and St. Tropez right after it. I feel you crumble in my eyes. He does the goddamn thing. Yeah, I um, like him. I just like him as a person because I, I like him, him as a like, person too. I'm like, this boy has a cowboy hat and cowboy boots, and he's got a fucking motorhead shirt, and he's yeah. he's open carrying in Walmart. And I'm yep. like, this boy is the yep. man. I love this. He dropped, he dropped ten. He yeah. dropped two million dollars on the one ring, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Magic the Gathering card. Both. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's so just a cool he's awesome. Kid. I like. I want to. Yeah, I want to say cool too. Person. I've become a fan of. Um, Good Mythical Morning over the last year uh, YouTube mm-hmm. show that everyone should check out. Link and Red okay. are the best, or Rhett and Link as they're known in that order. <laughs> Link and Red, gotcha. No, 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 no. <laughs> and Post Malone is an unabashed fan of Rhett and Link and Good Mythical Morning. He's been on there and he is. What is it? It's a YouTube show. It's just, okay. it's, it's fun. Shenanigans. 
Um, and, and once a year, they do good <laughs> mythical evening where they are R rated, and it's amazing. They get drunk, and they, it, it's fun. Yeah, he's been yeah. on that show, and he loves that show, and like seeing him on that show is fun because he he knows their lore because they got lore. They've been fucking on YouTube forever. I just love I love seeing him on there. Like it was it was so much fun. And I was like, damn. I like seeing him on Hot Ones. <laughs> What's that? That's where they eat hot sauce on chicken. Oh, wings. the wings! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That yeah, was hilarious. I, I like that. I like that. YouTube I like that show. Too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell was on there. They had a, a lot of good. Oh, Will Ferrell funny. was on there twice, uh, bro. Guy Fieri mm-hmm. was on there, bro, and he never drank water or nothing. He's a beast. Ooh. Yeah, boy. Sorry, Trev. Uh, go ahead. I didn't mean to jump on you. Structure. Yeah, you know, that's structure. That's, that's structure, <laughs> man. Oh. <laughs> Two fucking years of I hear my structure. There's a structure to this show, and I just almost did <laughs> hell. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Hello. Brian Alice, you're at 10. <laughs> <laughs> Two thousand twenty-three, a little death metal band called Vitriol, oh hell yeah, released hell occult yeah. meditations. I didn't know I didn't know what occult meditations was. I hadn't heard it. But I got it. It's four songs, forty-four minutes long. Whoa. This is not a death metal album. This is an ambient fucking scary music atmospheric album. That's exactly what it sounds like. It's a bunch of death metal fucking occult meditation songs. I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's dark, it's fucking scary, it's got a lot of choral chanting sounding shit going on, uh, it sounds like you're in the gnarliest church ever, and you're about to have a squid baby or something. <laughs> it's cosmic, huh? It's cosmic as fuck, and I can't wait to put this on in my headphones and paint up some fucking space marine wizards with guns. Yeah. Some fucking Egyptian Fuck space yeah, wizards with guns. That's why I'm so excited about this album. It's a goddamn oh. cosmic ten. It's a cosmic ten in the literal ten, sense. Boy. Yeah. I, I I saw this thing, Ricky, and I should have shared it. I'm not sure if I can find it anymore. If I can find it, I will share it. Okay. Okay. It, yeah. it relate it relates to painting minis. Okay. Nice. Nice. And and some kid brought his collection of minis into school to talk about the game that he was playing. Yeah. And it was like a parent day, and some fucking Karen in the classroom went fucking mm-hmm. ballistic on this kid because his minis had guns and the tips weren't painted orange. Oh god! Oh, god. I mean, went fucking nuts on like a nine-year-old kid that liked just painting figures. And I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is the world coming to?" Oh my god! Your but, toys with the yeah. toy guns need to have orange tips. <laughs> yeah, on them I, now. but I, I, I wow. totally, I totally thought of you, not because you're a Karen, because you like minis. So yeah. Oh my god! I, I just and I drill my gun barrels and I yeah. don't paint them orange. Yeah, 
<laughs> Speaking of Scottish Karens, uh, Ian, what you got for your final album recommendation? So my second album and the final album of the night is from an English band formed in London in 2017. They are a stoner and doom metal band and it's a band called Green Lung and it's their mm. latest album which is called This Heathen Land. The album is a combination of Black Sabbath, Queen, and Deep Purple. Have uh, basically come together. The band is heavily, heavily inspired the sixties and seventies folk horror films. It's basically it's the way best way I can describe this album is if Brian May was a member of Black Sabbath because it's got the big, big, heavy Sabbath riffs, but then it's got like the the big solos that come out of nowhere. Odd wee bit of kind of 60s and 70s synth in there, but this this album is banging. Again, some of the tracks Mm -hmm. here, we've got The Forest Church, Mountain Throne, Maxine the Witch Queen, Song of the Stones, The Ancient Ways, and Oceans of Time. Now, the singer before this album was released was asked to describe it, and he stated that this album sounds like an unmade 70s folk horror film that exists within the mind of the band. Now, do you know what that means, Tibu? No. That means this album is cosmic, oh, which fuck. makes it a goddamn cosmic <laughs> tin boy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a goddamn tin boy. It's a goddamn tin boy. It's a goddamn tin boy. <laughs> fucking cosmic tin boy. Yeah, it's fucking banging this album, boys. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. it. Yeah, it's on. The whole thing's on YouTube. You can get it all in one sitting, and it's green lung. Uh, this heathen land it's some good shit check it out Give us that, but Scottish again. Yeah, yeah, sure, but fucking green lung. Don't tell me a band from London to the place that's different to the album. That's fucking human line. Nature, right? Sounds like fucking black album. Couldn't get all put together. It's about the 1970s folk fucking horror. But that's been so long since. 
What's the fuck I've told? What's the point of it? Just claims are fucking. Fuck her off on for the fucking 76 cylinder, but it's fucking mean. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Fuck you! <laughs> fuck you! He's just so saying, fuck you at the end. <laughs> Again, brought to you by Rosetta Stone. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Hell yeah. Got well, some good recommends tonight, boys. And and we got some good stories, and that was a great Ricky's Rippin' Riffs, everyone. That was that might be the, the one of the longest Rippin' Riffs segments we've ever had. As it should be. Until you should, edit it. It's yeah. no, no, no. This 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 should be an integral part of the show when we do it. This is one of the big segments. Uh it, I agree. It, it it deserves its time and attention. This the nightclub started with the I think the melding the, of metal and horror. I think it, the only one that's that's probably longer than this is our Black History episode. <laughs> He's laughing, but I think it's true. What? When we did when we covered Get Out. <laughs> <laughs> that is a deep that is a deep cut deep pull right there that you just yeah. did. Yes. Yeah, it is. We covered that, Get Out and decided to highlight a bunch of black artists. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I was confused for a second because I forgot because it's been that long. But you're yeah. right. We did. We highlighted a lot of black artists. Yeah. Bro. Boom. Yeah, man. Negro terror and everything, dude. Yeah. We yep. did that shit. Oh, I figured I figured Travis would just co- would cover things like Little Wayne, except for Travis. It's just Wayne. But yeah, just Wayne. <laughs> we had that extra Lil Wayne on the Halloween Havoc this year. He well, he was Lil Lil Wayne. That was me. That, I'm Lil Lil Wayne. <laughs> Any Wayne. He's he's Wee Wayne. Yeah. T Wayne. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm Mini T Wayne with the big Wayne. All right. That was Ricky's Rippin' Riffs, y'all. And now let's go ahead and do it. Let's dive into the fucking meat of tonight's episode. If you have not seen tonight's film, what you're going to want to do is march blindly through vibrating silver posts in the middle of the desert, spew yellow mucus from every orifice in your uh, of your body, almost said in your body, but that your body has, and then build a sphere out of car engine parts that the tall man calls a toy. What you want to do is let your hair down. When you're in the shitty hotel with your friend, if you're trying to get laid, because <laughs> it works so well for Reggie, just let it down. Mm-hmm. Pull the ponytail out and let that beautiful, beautiful skullet mane just rub your shoulders. <laughs> and 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 get offended when someone doesn't believe you about the tall man and his army of dead <laughs> sharp people. I was going to say, you want to dress up pretty for date night, looking like Cody Co here with a sweet little tie and quad barrel shotgun be like it's time, baby Dang. <laughs> Cody yeah. Coe shots fired shots fired on Cody Coe we love you thank at you least for... four of them at one time yeah. exactly <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for that keeping it cosmic huh? god damn boy what you want to do is take your top off get your dick out kick back and enjoy yeah oh Nice. If you have not seen tonight's film, Phantasm Four: Oblivion, cry off now and let the ritual begin. Falling from grace, don't take me way too long. Now, 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 leaving you behind was my lonesome, lonesome song. song. 
Now I'm lost in a in oblivion. That's a, right. a fucking ten, boy. Uh, uh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> now it's an eleven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Phantasm IV Oblivion is a 1998 American science fantasy horror film written and directed by Donna Coscarelli. And it is starring A. Michael Baldwin as Mike a. Pearson. A. Michael Baldwin. A. Michael Baldwin. Uh, it's also got Reggie Bannister as Reggie, the ice cream man. It's all in his head. It's got Bill Thornberry playing Jody Pearson, Mike's older brother, who is an evil black ball, a ghost, uh, what the fuck, I don't know. Yeah, It's got a special shout-outs to Bob Ivy as Freddy Krueger, the cop, and yeah. Heidi, <laughs> <laughs> Heidi Marenhout as Jennifer, our blonde, uh, silver-boobed mm-hmm. damsel in distress, and starring Angus Mother. Fucking scrim as With his the best humbuggers face since the first one. What? When when did he make the humbuggers face? Bro, in the very beginning, driving the fucking hearse when he runs over that dog. Very oh, traumatic yeah. for me, by the way. I'm watching it. I just bring my dog to get cremated, and I gotta watch this motherfucker with his humbuggers humbug face drive, and he runs over a dog. And not not 10 minutes into the film <laughs> oh fuck hashtag say you love satan um uh, yeah <laughs> so this movie was a holdover film this was the movie that was actually meant to be bruce campbell as a co-star with reggie and it was going to be a phantasm evil dead mashup but it did not work the fuck out they just couldn't get it done they couldn't get the movie originally there was this Canadian filmmaker named Roger Avery, a hardcore Phantasm fan who wrote a script called Phantasm 1999 as a sequel to Phantasm 3, Lord of the Dead. And it was set in a post-apocalyptic world. It was going to blend in with the Evil Dead lore. It was going to be dope. They couldn't get it done, so they fucking – eventually the script got uh, retitled to Phantasm's End. I just want to get that in there for uh, – the sake of the, the lore of this franchise, mm-hmm. but they couldn't get it done. So they pulled together, like, I think it was around how much was the budget for this movie? Cause I'm going off the top 650, of my head. 600. Thank you. Cronenberg 650 grand. And amazingly they had a lot of, um, cause the original phantasm movie, if you go back to our first year in coverage episode where we did phantasm one, the original movie was three hours long and it got cut down to an hour and a half. So they had a lot of footage left over and they restored it, made it look really good. And they put it in this movie. So that's why you get a lot of fucking how they cobbled the film together based on just trying to hold this movie over until the next movie could get made with a bigger budget, which did not happen that way. Hmm. Just spoilers for that. Interesting. That, knowing knowing that, Travis, it changes my thoughts on this movie completely. Fuck. Oh. God, I hate when you do that. 
Well, that's oh. the, this is just the history of this movie. Um, they no, they, they totally fine. Just one of the things I did notice is that this was cobbled together with a lot of previously shot films. There was no way that they were going to make both Mike and Reggie look their ages, given their ages. You know what right. I mean? So, and what's cool to mention though is that every scene you saw in this movie that was from the past, from 1979, that was not used in the original Phantasm. It's right. shot. It's shot during it, but it was not put in that movie. Right. So every scene you see in this movie is a first time ever seen, uh, scene. S c e n s c e n e scene scene. You never saw this before, but now in this movie you do. So uh. they, they they thank you. They put all this in there. <laughs> And and eventually they did get the budget up to uh six hundred fifty thousand, like like Cronenberg mentioned, and they had oh, yeah. uh K K effects help out with some again as a favor because these are just fans of this franchise coming together to make things happen. They had K and B effects give themselves to this movie for some of the shots. They weren't paid their normal rate, I can promise you. Um <laughs> it you know, it's just it is what it is. And this movie was, again, meant to be a holdover film. They wanted to do it big time, but they, they couldn't. And um, well, I, I was going to say, quick, if they were going to do like a um, a mashup of films, they should have done a mashup with Joyride, then called the called the, the sequel uh, uh, something like Phantasm and My Rusty Balls. <laughs> that, would <be> <laughs> that, would, that would be a fun, yeah. Break it, break the one nine. Are you out there, Rusty Balls? <laughs> Dude, I can run, run. I would love Steve Zahn in a Phantasm film. Honestly, right? It yeah. would work. It would work for Steve Zahn. For I would, sure. I would, I would love to see Paul Walker's cremated ashes mixed with deuces, and then you just put that on the fucking dashboard. I just want to see a mix. I just want to see Paul Walker's real dead body show up <laughs> in the movie, <laughs> and the tall man shrink him into a little dwarf. That's yes. what I'll and, then he, and then he dragged race through the, the Sahara Desert. Bro, he drag races on a dune buggy. Like yeah. he's like driving on a dune buggy, a little tiny Paul yeah. Walker. Yeah. I think he'd be driving the CUDA. I gotta say, I think he'd be driving and, he's he's got enough car nuts, he'd be driving the CUDA. Yeah, no, no. That's when Vin Diesel comes in on the CUDA and and he's like oh, fam- shit. Fam- family. And then he, he goes to <laughs> <laughs> he goes to fight the tall man. To say Paul uh, Walker, uh, Java, yeah. Paul Walker, and Paul uh, Walker, Paul Walker is just the wa- the wobbly Mary on his dashboard that wobbles around the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I like it. I like it. After the mixed reaction that Phantasm Three got from some fans, some fans, not us fans, but some fans, dumb motherfuckers, dumb <clears throat> motherfuckers, Coscarelli decided that he wanted to bring this back to its roots, and he wanted to not go the route of an action comedy. And Ricky has said this before on the nightclub that part four is most like part one. Yeah. In that it's all of them. Yeah. It's a confusing. But it's more surreal somehow. Oh, not, I would argue not somehow. It definitely, uh, okay, I'll get into that. Well, it's more surreal. Yeah. It definitely is. I think it's, (laughs) I have a, I have a title for it. I know what it is. What? It's migraine cosmic, is what it is. Bro. It's like, that dude, wow, like <laughs> you can tell that Coscarelli was like really into all that crazy schizophrenic nineties editing. <laughs> you know, really? you could tell oh. he saw that and he was like, Oh yeah, I'm about to I'm about to be flashing shit all over the people's faces. 
they they had they, yeah there there was so much going on in this movie that ah uh, okay to keep to keep the the trivia a little bit short but there, there there's a sequence with Reggie Bannister pulling up at the abandoned rundown motel in the desert and they shot that without permits um Good. and yeah so so that was just kind of cool this movie was filmed in less than a month by the way the whole thing <laughs> almost all of the silver sphere effects were done in camera so if you what? think Almost all, not all of them, but almost all of them were. So if you thought that was CGI, you might be wrong. Even though this was 1998, and yes, they did use some crappy CGI at one point, but I still think it was yeah, kind of dope. It. Yeah, yeah, it was dope. It was dope. It's, so, it's when all the spheres are following them and shit. Yeah, yeah. that shit's dope. I don't it was dope. Fuck. It was dope. And I, I'm going to go ahead and stop with the trivia at this point. I want to get into some first-time watches because I we've talked about it on the show for me, first time watch was watching this entire franchise besides part one. I watched part one, then went into part two and decided, fuck it, I'm going all the way. I did it in one day years ago, so I haven't seen Phantasm Four in years. First time watch was amazing. I was totally there for it. This watch, I was it was I was befuddled, if that's the word to use. <laughs> I was yes. I was I was confused and questioning some things that I didn't question the first time and I want to I can't wait to dive into this movie and talk about it to to kind of really figure out how I feel about this movie cuz there's a lot of great shit some of the best things that the tall man ever says is in this movie mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of, there's a lot of good themes that kind of like fate and destiny where a lot of the kind of uh, dialogue he says obviously I'm not going to do too much just now we'll discuss it later but yeah his lines are fucking golden yeah so I'm just I'm ready to to, to talk about it but everyone else first time watch and, and I can't uh, wait for you to explain it to me <laughs> I don't I don't think I don't think we're gonna figure out the phantasm puzzle doing this but I think that we're going to I'm hoping that we're going to have a conversation about this movie that gets me back on track, so to speak. Not that I'm way off track. I'm not. I I still love this movie, but I just saw it in a different way this time and was like, oof, whoa. (laughs) I hate to to do what I normally do, but this phantasm for me was like the metaphor of life phantasm, where it's like nobody knows what they're doing. Reggie's finally not getting laid. It seems like his cuda's running fucking bad. And then the only thing that follows you on is a fucking hearse. It's like shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for that summation of my life that I didn't fucking need. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, if we're being fair, Reggie stopped getting laid after part two. True. I mean, he got laid in his dreams in part three, but you know that's well, close enough. I do. It's, I get laid uh, my dreams every night. Close enough. Yeah. I'll sure. give it, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'm gonna give it to the movie part three because at least he got laid. This movie, right. yes, he totally does not get laid. He, he don't lives. even. He don't even. He, well, he kind of thinks about it. He does think about it big time. Anyway, <laughs> he thinks about it. Oh yeah, he thinks about he it. He was he was being very respectful. Trev, first uh, time he, watch. Oh, I I mean I enjoyed it. So I went on like a like a phantasm binge on a weekend. So like mm-hmm. I started with the first couple ones and then watched them all within like a day of each other, technically, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I I felt like it. It felt it fell right in with the other ones. Um, 
the story kept going. I, I don't feel like there was a whole lot that got accomplished because no. as most Phantasm movies, if they answer anything at all, then they add like 10 more fucking questions. <laughs> right. so, like, you right. know, so it's not so, but you did get to learn a little bit about the tall man and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, which is, and how, how things are kind of working. So like, I, I enjoyed that aspect because after you're, you know, three, three fucking movies in and you're still just like, what's going on? You know, a little, a little bit of, a little expedition, yeah. you know, Rickles, your first time watch with this movie. Yeah. What, like what were you now? No, no, first time watch. <laughs> um, I loved it because it reminded me so much of the first one. And I still very much had very rose tinted glasses with it. So I'm feeling kind of like you at this point because I don't like it as much this time as I did the first time. However, there's things that make this entry very special as a whole to the franchise. And each film has its own special quality, but this one is even more special in a lot of ways. For one, it's the most surreal, which I really fucking dig. And it also has some of the coolest tall man scenes, some of the best tall man lines, some of the best nightmare imagery in that fucking car in the hearse when it's mm-hmm. driving itself. Mm-hmm. Straight nightmare logic and nightmare fuel right there. The coach will it, drive itself. Yeah, and he calls it the coach. Yeah. Dude, the dude is straight up a Victorian era fucking cosmic doctor psychopath. It's, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> he doesn't even call it a car. And he runs over dogs for no reason. Oh, such a bitch. He's so mean, dude. And you saw the face he was making when he did it? He loved it. His bottom jaw was sticking out five inches, dude. He's like, yes, he's like... Yeah, he loved it. I knew it was coming, and I skipped it on purpose. Yeah. Just like... Good. I, well, did. I forgot about it. I was like, I forgot, too. And I got sad, and then I thought of Ricky. And I was like, God damn it. I was like, like, I already know the tall... I already know the tall man's an asshole. I don't need any more fuel for that fire. So it was like, I knew it was coming just <laughs> like plus 30 seconds. Oh, thank you for sparing me that. Yeah. Cronenberg, uh, your first time watch with Phantasm for Oblivion's. Yeah, my first time watch uh, was when I purchased the series on DVD back in the mid 2000s. This film took me a lot longer to see than the original three because they used to show the original three on TV a lot, but obviously part four had just been released, so it it took me years to see it. I have the exact opposite effect with this film as what you guys have had. See, the first time I ever watched this, I hated it. I thought it was nonsensical. I just couldn't get into it. On recent viewings, because I've watched this twice since you asked me to come on the show, T-Boot, my opinion of this film has changed. But I'll discuss that later on. Um, But again, watching it, Rickles, sorry to bring this up again, my heart was breaking for you when I watched this earlier on and he runs over that dog. I instantly thought of you, bro. Instantly thought of you. And I just was like, Oh my fucking god, the things aren't bad enough for this lad. There's a fucking scene in this where that bad bastard runs over a fucking dog for no reason. Just it made to be me, a prick. 
it made it made me like the tall man just a hair less. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> He's still probably my favorite villain, but it made me like him just a little. I was like, really, dude? Today yeah. of all days, yeah. right? You're gonna run over a dog for that me? Come son on, of man. A bitch. Son of a bitch got me from beyond the grave. No, <laughs> but but there's there's a lot of good atmosphere in this, and I, I do oh, really yeah. have a lot of kind of this wedge. What I quite like about this is. The scenes where uh, Mike is, it's kind of story development. Well, you know, within reason, because the story is fucking bonkers. But Reg is your action sequences. You know, it's right. all fights and um, there's, there's action going on, which I think is a, a really good mix between the two. It's a good blend, you know, because obviously there's, there's bits where you know, you're watching Mike and you're going, what the fuck is going on here? But then... Reggie will appear and it's like, right, okay, doke, we've got some gore, we've got some violence, we've got some right. action, we're moving on, let's go. Yeah, yeah, I was picking up on that a lot this time too. I was like, I like how it kind of splits the movie into two movies because you get all that surreal shit with Mike and just like you said, all that, like the action of like part two and three with Reggie, yeah. you know, with yeah. the Freddy Krueger cop and all that. <laughs> and I'm glad you pointed that out because I literally have in my notes that Thing. and here we go we're gonna have to hashtag shout out shuttle the pod but uh reggie gets gooed on by cop friend yeah he fucking does he gets shuttled for the cop <laughs> <laughs> he gets fucking shuttled do you know what's quite funny tv you obviously refer to the the demon uh trooper as a uh, freddy krueger which is, is obviously i didn't think about when i was watching it uh and the demon trooper first appears he, he came across to me as a combination of Frank for Hellraiser and a yeah, Cenobite for yeah. Hellraiser 3. That was the vibe I got from it. Oh, nice. Nice. Yep. I also thought of the cop from um, Psycho Gorman. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the one that's all like... That, yeah, I thought he's the one that's in the trunk that Reggie finds. <laughs> He's all turtling in the trunk. He's like, kill me. <laughs> Actually, he's like, don't kill me. But I think in his heart, he, he wants you to end it, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. That boy looked all fucked yeah. up. He wanted to get oh, ran over by like the tall fucking, man. He was like a, yeah, he was like a fucking <laughs> jigsaw puzzle. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hashtag Chuddle the Pod for all that turtling and goo. And um, let's go ahead and dive into the movie. Phantasm for oh, do I get to talk about my first time watch or have we forgotten? Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. no. The structure, the structure, what? yell what? about the structure. <laughs> I'll make it simple. Uh, so I saw it on video right when it came out. Um, I liked it just because it was a phantasm movie. I did like the fact that we finally got a little bit of backstory to the tall man and the whole Jebediah Morningside. Um, yeah. I, I did, I did like that. Um, Still to this day, I still want like a 64, 65 Cadillac hearse just to drive around town to fuck with people. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, watching it again today. Um, well, okay. <laughs> Two things. So I was eating my dinner when Reggie got gooed on by the cop. I just about puked on my fucking desk. Yuck. Um, <laughs> it was timing, but it just was awful. Um, and the fact that fucking Reggie finally strikes like like the cold zone and gets no ass that was just disappointing. Like even back, I can think of my first time watch. It was like, are you telling me this ponytail's not going to get me laid anymore? Shit, you know. So it's like <laughs> I was like super disappointed. He let it down, um, and ev- dude, he let his yeah. hair down and everything. He did. He was fucking rocking. Damn. He was rocking that skullet. 
it, still this movie, the things I know about it, you know, that it had such a low budget that there was a lot, some of the, some of the special effects CGI, especially with the, like this, the flying spheres were done by fans. Fans did that and sent it in and showed a person who showed a person who said, Oh, that's awesome. Let's put it in the movie. You know, the, the civil war stuff was done by like a civil war group. Which that, is like, fucking dope. The Civil War it, scene is one of the best. Yeah, and they did it in oh, exchange yeah. for like a two hundred dollar donation to their Civil War club. I mean, come. So That's I mean, fucking rad. Yeah, I I love movies, and we've talked about this. We love movies where they make do with what they have, and they just scrounge and Hell scratch yeah. and dig. We always love that. Yeah, when we get to our final thoughts and ratings, it's unfortunate this one's not going to be quite as high as some of the others, but it's still Phantasm and. Hell yeah! What you mentioned about people getting together and scrounging what they can and doing what they can. This is why this is one of Joe Bob's favorite entries in the franchise mm. is because of that. He openly admitted in his uh, drive-in uh, review of it, he was like, Coscarelli is a fucking wizard when you don't give him any money. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's yeah. what he said. He was like, he was like, you almost, you're almost better off not giving the man money. Because he's going to come up with way more creative shit. And I don't know if that's just isolated to Coscarelli himself. I think that's probably I anybody. I, but, I don't. I think you are on to a great point there. And there are so many filmmakers, and we could list a million of them here, sure. that when they, when they hit a barn burner and then they got a budget, the next movie sucked. You know? It, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe there's something to forcing a guy to turn his wallet out and shake it over and go up to a local place and show his AARP card and get like somebody to do something <laughs> at a right. discount, you know, just making shit work. But I think that's what, like for me, like in the best horror movies, that's kind of what filmmaking is. It's right. It's making do with what you have and a, a bigger budget does not make a better movie. Mm. It might make better effects, but it won't necessarily make a better movie. Godzilla yeah. minus one was made for 15 million us dollars. Really? Yeah. So I would not very, have guessed that. That's a very no small one would, budget. No that's one a very would small have, budget for a movie and it, now. And it looks way better for than a Japanese period piece. It looks incredible. Way better than any Marvel or Disney film that's mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Dude, yeah. you should. You really should. I will. It's, God damn it. It's one of the best Godzilla movies ever made. And, uh, yeah. and there's no doubt like about Godzilla. it. I don't like that. I don't like the Godzilla, you know, radioactive ant monster. I don't I've never liked that stuff. It's just never been my bag, but you guys are talking pretty high about it, so I'm going to have to go check it out, I think. It's what a the- beautiful story about surviving <laughs> and yeah. family mm-hmm. and rebuilding after tragedy mm-hmm. and avenging trauma. It's mm-hmm. it's a beautiful film. It's, yep. a, it's near perfect. I would say, if I had to give it a rating, I'd say a 9.5, but my heart really wants to call it a 10. Because um, it is. Because oh, it's, it's a nightclub 10. One thing we can all agree on, Phantasm Four Oblivion would have been a little bit better or a lot better with Gloria Lynn Henry. Oh fucking a hundred percent! If he could have got Gloria in there, man. If, if fucking Rocky would have showed up, I'd be like fucking Cornbrook. I would have my pants off and I'd just be like, "Ooh, give it to me, baby." Yeah, he definitely, <laughs> he definitely should have made that happen. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Well, let's go ahead and do it. Let's dive into Phantasm Four, y'all.
Phantasm Four opens with a dreamlike sequence where Beautiful. we get headlights. We get a more Beautiful headlights in the cemetery. Yeah. It, yeah. It, That's it's so atmospheric. It's already starting with the dream logic. Like you're, you, you see headlights. You see a morgue. You see a a cemetery. You see all this weird shit blending together. Mike is driving. So we left off Phantasm Three, where Reggie is being pinned up against a wall by a bunch of silver spheres. Yep, tall man got his balls on him. <laughs> and, hey, and, to the window, to the walls. Tall all man around got the tall balls. man balls. <laughs> <laughs> so he's pinned up against the wall, and we don't know about what's the little Timmy? Is it little Timmy? Little Timmy is dead. There's actually a scene cut out of the beginning. Um, originally, Coscarelli wanted to open, well, not open, but once you're in the morgue, mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you get to Reggie, you see a bunch of Jawas eating Timmy's oh. little body. And the tall Jesus man just kind of, kind of cruises next to them and <laughs> looks at him mean, and they all scatter. Nice. And I love, I, I so wish they would have been able to put that in there because well, that's, that's yeah, the that's imagery cool of that fuck. is just beautiful to me. That's nightclub canon now. That's what happens. So Timmy yeah, got so ate the by Jawas. Ate the fuck. Yeah, they ate little Timmy. Yeah. Little Timmy. <laughs> and Mike Mike done abandoned Reggie. Reggie says as much. We get an opening narration from Reggie where he's like, Mike left me here. He left. He ran. Yeah. So, okay. And this is part of what confuses me about the movie that I'm going to get into a little bit later. I'll say it now, but I want to dive into it in depth later. No. Mike, <laughs> Mike leaves Reggie, and Reggie still tries to find Mike. And I'm like, why – you know, why are you going after this guy that left you and you said as much? And it's like, oh, I finally found you guys. And, and then they hate... leave again? Yeah, they leave right away. <laughs> well, but he has. But from the start, though, even when Mike's in the hearse, he has that little smear of yellow on the side I... of his head into his yeah, hair. He so yeah. he's already he's already got the what well, the yeah. sphere inside of his head. I, but right. I think that's I think that's why he left. Right. Because he's... he was, quote unquote, infected. He's fighting his tra- – this whole movie is Mike's story. So we, like Ricky said earlier, the movie's they're divided – they're, they're both fighting their own war at this point. You know, they're fighting separate wars against the tall man mm-hmm. because the tall man has different different wars for both of them apparently. Mike Mike is going through a transformation as, as it were, and he's running from it as best he can, and Reggie – I don't know what I, I know that he's fighting. You're saying a separate war, but I don't know what that war is at this point. I'm just watching. He's, trying, it he's just trying to get back to Mike so he can kick the tall man's ass. Fair enough. Well, like because, in the, like in the first they're movie. stronger. They're stronger together theoretically. Right. Yeah, but still, he when wants Mike to, he wants to kick his ass and put a stake in his goddamn heart. Yeah, <laughs> but when he when Mike up you, in the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> When Mike see what is... you think about it as well. Like, see when, when Reggie's obviously pinned in the corner and then he gets released. But there's a bit where he's, he's lying in the corner and he looks up and obviously the tall man's staring over him and it's, it's such a cool fucking line. The tall man just looks down at him and goes, small man. It's yeah. almost like, he's like, you are nothing. You are fucking nothing to me. I could crush you like that. And I suppose maybe that's kind of motivation Reggie, because he's like, I ain't no fucking small man. You ain't gonna fucking walk all over me. So there's kind of motivation there. 
Reggie, big balls banister. <laughs> yeah. Well, but for the I'm fourth, this guy's fucking ass. For the fourth movie, he's the only guy that hasn't been indoctrinated, infected, killed, whatever mm-hmm. else. He's still, and up till now, he's been cruising around in a hot car, getting some hot ass, pretty much the whole series. So, yeah. I, small man seems a little like I don't think you have all the information there, tall man. Like, read the fucking script, please. But- but to be fair, for this movie's sake, the, like 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 Cronenberg said, Tallman does release him from his his uh, sphere trap, and you even have the sphere fly in front of him with the fucking blades out. But then it goes away, and he's like, "The end game is about to begin." The tall man says something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but and then he leaves Reggie, so Reggie is free. Reggie can go back to his car, and he does. Mike is driving through the desert. At this point, the world is post-apocalyptic. Every every town that you go through has been ravaged and 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 just laid to ruin. They're derelict, yeah. I, I, yeah. I love the shots and the kind of derelict towns. It's like, as you say, through that whole post-apocalyptic kind of setting. It's Looks so like cool. Bill Platt. Yeah, it looks yeah. like Bill Platt. They're, they're, looks they're, like Bill Platt and Opelousas. Yeah, there's man. shopping carts in the streets. There's fucking everything's boarded up. Like, you, well, it's a setup. It's a setup for for Ravager where they had that oh, independent sure. that, that Independence Day ending where instead of all the ships, all you have is the giant balls in the sky. So it's <laughs> it's kind of the setup. But but when they when they show Mike in in, in Oblivion and he gets the silver spheres for eyes, those are yeah. Those are some super intense shots, and they're both intense in the horror sense, and they're intense in the sense that I would like a six foot two Scandinavian broad with silver eyes in a nurse costume and six inch stiletto heels to have them eyes and just be like, (laughs) "Oh, it's examination time." I would, uh, oh, something, something about those eyes. Just every time, it just I see those, and I just go. I sort of stop and I drool a little bit out of the corner of my mouth. We'll get like, Alice wow. a pair. We'll get uh, Alice a pair. Wow, man. that is well, then a she'll heavy be, dose of then she'll, then she'll revelations. Be five foot eight. So okay, well, she's <laughs> close enough. Well, <laughs> close enough, right? It's yeah, close be. enough. It's gotta be <laughs> totally. While while Mike is driving through this po- post-apocalyptic world, he sees his brother Jody in the back seat, and he's like, "Oh hell no, you're not back there," and he ain't. But then he sees Angus Scrim back there, the tall man sitting there, and he's like, "Yes, boy." <laughs> he's yes, like, yeah, boy. Yeah, I'm really. <laughs> and this is where, like Trev was saying earlier, you get more answers that will open up more questions because the tall man wants Mike for a purpose. We don't know what that purpose is, but he says that they have work to do. That he he's got to be here with him. You belong to me. Whatever he says. And then he crawls into that coffin in the back of the hearse that's just emitting this red light. He's going to that fucked up world. Yeah. And, and Mike, Mike, this is the scene, Ricky, you were talking about where he's trying to drive the coach. And it's the. Dream and this is nightmare rush. fuel. Cause if you've ever had a dream where you're driving and like suddenly nothing fucking works, which I have those all the time, like this is horrifying. You're not in control at all. And and I just love the line because he just says, the coach will drive itself. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, just the fact that into your to your dream sequence and the nightmare fuel, that 
you're on the road, you can't get off. <clears throat> and right. You don't you don't control the path anymore. The, you just have to be on the path. Exactly. That I think is every person's worst nightmare. Like I can't change a path. I can't I can't go left or right. I nope. can't even get jump out of this car. No, he can't. Like, He's kicking the window and it won't break. Yeah. He's trying to pump the brakes. It won't break. He's trying to turn the wheel. It won't turn. Fuck. See, I just thought it would That's be good. great if he like would have tried the wipers or maybe like the high beams. <laughs> anything like oh high beams at least i can see farther down the path that i'm already stuck on <laughs> that's mm-hmm. good my boy just gives up and goes sit in the back of hers yeah well yeah, he, bit, di- he, he dives, dives into in the, the co- coffin in yeah. the coffin like okay he goes into that fucking coffin that has that fucking amsterdam red light district glow to it like right. you, you don't know what you're gonna find in there brother but i suppose you got nothing better to do so why not sure why not reggie but i do point. love the transition between him going in that red light and yeah, where you're going. Dope as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. The red lights of the cop car. Oh yeah. Oh yes. yeah. And cause Reggie Reggie's mm-hmm. at this point, our boy is like, Well, Mike abandoned me, but I'm gonna still go try to find Mike. He get he well, he fixes a tire. Uh and he kind he of a, kind I'm of, confused he, about what he's doing with that tire, if I, I'm being honest. I don't know, man. <laughs> he meets up with Jody, and he's it like, "It looks Fuck. like he's just turning <laughs> the same two nuts over and over yeah. again." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how every time someone meets Jody in this movie, because we're gonna come back to it later when Mike meets him. But every time they meet Jody, they're like, "Oh, you again?" Okay, right. Uh, oh, I'd be sick of him too at this point. Oh yeah, I remember you. You were in the first movie. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, <sighs> At this point, Jody is is basically like he's an agent of the tall man, but is he because he keeps talking to them? And this is part of what confuses me about this movie is like, I guess the first time I watched this. I was so going... in part three, it's kind of like he's not really an agent of the tall man, like he's like breaking off and trying to help him. Mm-hmm. But in this yeah. one, it seems like he's fully with the tall man. <laughs> But there's still a little part of him that's him because he tells him, he tries to tell him the second time that he dies, he's like, I died in that car crash. Yeah. So it's like there's still a little piece of him that's Jody, but he just can't get away from from the tall man. Well, yeah, but going back to the first movie, though, if you think about this, and this is just what I see, you guys can contradict me all you want. The With the tall man, it always seemed like the tall man wanted Jody to be his like successor that's what i always kind of like thought about um but so now that see now that he's killed jody and realizes that jody is still fighting between good and evil because he's still trying to give mike messages you know he's still trying to tell him hey don't trust him and do all these other things like that he's picked mike as a successor because mike is clearly the weaker of the two even though Mm -hmm. jody's sort of gone mike is mike is not he's not strong you know, and the whole movie, they they play him like that. He is not strong. He is just following the path that's put out ahead of him. And like I said, with when he had that little bit of that yellow goo in his head for, for my chair, he was already there. He was already implanted. It was just getting him to where he saw the final vision of what the tall man was trying to do. I think you know? he put that ball in his head in the third movie. Yeah, in the last movie, he, he had the ball in his head. It's being J- Jody fought it. Yeah, Jody fought it the whole time, though. Jody fought it and then sort of ended up dying. Well, Mike's fighting it. Mike's still fighting movie. it. Yeah. The whole, he kind, whole he kind of is, but then once Jody died and became Jawa fish food, then he was part of the part of the tall man's army, and he was just there. But he continued to fight it. Like, I don't think that if... It's just what I take away from it, but I, I always thought that he wanted him to be the next one. But 
Like he just didn't have the Mike just didn't have the nerve. I think Mike long term to fight it. I I think based on what I'm watching in this movie that Mike was always the tall man's end game. Even when even when like so we're jumping ahead a little bit with this scene, but but to make my point later in the movie, whenever um, Je- Je- Jebediah goes into the portal for the first time and the tall man comes back. He can see through dimensions, and he sees Mike. And he sees Mike right away, and he's like, "Oh, now it begins." Yeah, and, so I think Mike has uh, always been his end game the whole there's, time. There's something to that now that I'm thinking about it because if you look at the character, Mike is the only one that the tall man never threw a girl at, like to test. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, serious. He never he never threw a girl True. at him to to test. You know, because he definitely did it to Jody. He definitely yeah. did it to Jody. Um, and Reggie, and, and well, and he's, well, he's run to Reggie like seventeen times at this point, yeah. and somehow Re- Reggie comes out ponytail intact. I'm not sure how that keeps <laughs> happening, but it's like so. Maybe that's the whole thing is that he's never he's not whatever, so easily corruptible. I think. Well, he's, I think, well, he's I not think, so easily corruptible, but he's also never truly been tested. I will say, yeah. based on this movie, I think Mike is a little bit stronger than what we might think. Um, just because how well he does. You're right. What well, he does fail because. Okay, let's get to that that scene. So Reggie Reggie um gets away from the the whole fucking sphere thing. He's driving away. He gets pulled over by a cop. That's that good transition we were talking about. And this is where he meets Freddy Krueger demon Freddy cop. Freddy Krueger. Yep. And you have the whole fight sequence that is this is where I was kind of like wow. All right, like cool stuff but also very slow. The whole scene felt very slow compared to part three where Ooh. Reggie was just shooting Jawas out the trees. He was fucking killing the shit out of everything. And Fighting the act- deadites. Yeah. The, the action felt like it was coming, coming, coming. This scene felt dragged out and cool, but dragged out. It's like sure. I wish it would have been tightened up a little bit to make it just paced well um i felt it was it was oddly paced oddly it was it was jerky it was it was jerky is what it was it was like eh, and it was fast slow fast slow fast slow because then they got you back to when he's in the cop car and he realizes there's no keys but then they give you that little that little (laughs) that little spitfire image to down the road where he's gonna bring a shotgun back out and he does the shotgun through the roof but then he gets mouth gooed that's so. something else I wanted to point uh, out. I wanted to point out the fact that Reggie says roof like he's a Midwesterner. Because <laughs> I heard him say roof and I thought of Grindhouse and Boss Tuna. And I was like, damn. damn Reggie says God. it like them boys. That's one of the only notes I made. <laughs> get up get up on the roof of my cop car, Ricky. Get up I there. Li- I, li- I like when the, the, the whole cop scene is happening and Reggie Reggie's fighting with this cop. And he, when he finally gets the shotgun, he's like, blow me. But I'm like, I mean, yeah. but but you don't want to say blow him because you're about to blow him away. So you say blow me. Right. And I'm like this awkward dialogue. It works. It works. No, I love it. I love it's, it. Yeah, it works. It does work. <laughs> it yeah. works, but awkwardly. It's 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 honestly it's late 80s, early 90s action cannon fodder lines. That's what right. it is. So Hell it's a. Yeah. It's a little late in the legacy, but it's still right. <laughs> yeah, it still worked. And I do love the goo, like Grindhouse is saying. He was eating dinner, and then my oh. boy just goos all over his mouth. Yeah, he gets chuddled. He gets fucking chuddled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
I like this... I do like the comedy too because when the cop throws him in the trunk and he's looking at that guy that's all fucked up and they look at each other and they're both screaming. Yeah, it's good. And also, yeah. also when he gets in the car and he's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even after the fight's over, he's like, "Some cops are just." Fucking a- assholes. assholes. <laughs> yeah, because our boy Reggie eventually puts that cop in the car. He gets a road flare out and shoves it in the goddamn uh, gas tank. And the cop, again, Phantasm movies, cars Pull gotta explode. Cars. Yeah. Yep. Blow up some fucking cars, baby. And then Glorious. there's like the, ter- the Terminator moment where the cop in a ball of flame steps out of the car. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, Jesus Christ. But then. <laughs> he falls down. That the the actor that plays the cops actually the the stunt coordinator. Oh, uh, oh nice, nice. Yeah, Bob Ivy. Bob Ivy. Yeah, we gave you a shout out Bob in the goddamn Ivy. cast announcements. You son of a bitch. So you did yeah, the goddamn yeah. thing, Bob Ivy. If you're hearing this, I hope you are. Um, you did you did. I'm doing a nightclub. Yeah, yeah. Come on and tell us about Phantasm. But also, you did the goddamn thing, and you burned up real good. Mm, real good. So, <laughs> after <laughs> Trev, what, what did you think about this? Well, this I love the whole. I love... A, good, a good, a good impression of Paul Walker in that scene. Actually, oh, 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 yeah. wow. oh shit! I, I I love the whole cop scene. It was fucking great. And I was like, Reggie's about to blow up that cop car. (laughs) Cronenberg, you dark son of a bitch. (laughs) I I just, I'm like, wow. Trev, thank you, but god damn, man. (laughs) Best Um, impression of Paul Walker I've seen in ages. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So Mike, Mike ends up in this fucking desert hellhole and my boy, yeah, eat them gummies, cuh. Um, Mike ends up in a hellhole landscape, desert atmosphere, where he will be for the rest of the movie. The rest of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And nothing much. makes sense here. Um, our Which boy, I like. Yeah. Our boy that tries tracks. to he tries to hang himself and this cuts back to so we we, we forgot to mention earlier in the movie when he was driving the hearse. We go back to a scene from the 1979 original that was not used in the original Phantasm movie, but was shot for it. The three-hour version that we never got to see still has not been released. I hope it does one day. Where Mike says, I remember that last perfect day before the tall man showed up. So we're going to cover two scenes here real quick. Mike remembers when he was a kid sneaking up on Reggie driving through the neighborhood. and he, he Oh, on the ice cream on- truck. Yeah. He he jumps on the back of the ice cream truck and steals a sweet <laughs> and Reggie sees him jump off and he's like giving that like oh shake the head shake like oh that little rascal you know what a rascal yeah right and then you get that other scene that we alluded to tonight and Ricky talked about where the tall man enters town while Jody is letting his younger brother Mike drive the Cuda and they see the tall man on the opposite side of the highway coming into town while they're driving out and the tall man fucking just runs over some kid's dog like a fucking bastard and you like know the tall he, man that he is yeah <laughs> he's a he's a piece of shit what a so, tall bastard well so interestingly this, enough though do you do you think there's uh, any con- any connection because i always wonder this because 
in the earlier movies, the Cadillac hearse is pink, and then over time it turns to black. That's only in the so, uh, third movie that they uh, have the pink hearse, and that was specifically the uh, Deadite cartoon re-rees that showed up okay. that had the All pink right. hearse. Uh, the tall man always had a, a uh, black one. Well, okay, but when he was coming around that corner and he ran over uh, Fluffers, he was driving a pink hearse. Was he? He was in the he pink was. one in he there. He was in the pink hearse. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I so, can't. I can't confirm, but I will. Interesting. Confirm. I, yeah. It's. I just. I, I don't know what it means because I think when I think of a pink Cadillac, I think of Elvis, and I'm like, I don't see Angus Scrim as. No, no, um, he's very um, Elvis. Like, I, th- I think. I think of Stephen King because Stephen King always said when he sold his novel, he was going to buy a pink Cadillac. Uh, yeah, and he, oh, never okay. did. and he never did. I, he I never was did. thinking maybe maybe Angus Scrim was just a pink ladies fan, right? Maybe, he watched all the grease and he was like, Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Trev. So, you, uh, you Mike, did skip over the hotel scene though, where Reggie, our Playboy ice cream man, shortly before the fluffer scene, and, and when I say fluffer, I mean dog, not, not that kind of. <laughs> There's this weird like back and forth timeline thing that they have with the car driving and but you have uh Reggie sees what's her name? Jennifer, I think is her name. But when he sees her and then they're looking at each other and then Reggie, of all Re- things in the world in the road, think, there's a I, fucking turtle. A turtle she- <laughs> that causes her to this wreck her fucking car. Made me laugh out loud uh, like, so uh, hard. He's oh, like, yeah. We gotta get away from it before the gas tank blows. Doesn't that only happen in movies? Boom! Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> I mean, dude, dude, yeah, we, it is. It's like it. It was a the big Hollywood middle finger, and I love. Yeah, I just when love. She, yeah, when she sees that tur- that tortoise, that turtle, whatever, in the road and flips her car, yeah, I died <laughs> laughing because I'm like, really, bitch, yeah. you yeah. fucking flipped your whole car. Yeah. How the fuck did you? Yeah. And I you should have like, stopped. You should have pulled over and picked that turtle up, girl. Made yeah, a goddamn the road. Make a gumbo. Make a oh. turtle. <laughs> You had to make a goddamn sauce on top of that, boys, not only does that car flip like she's just fucking hit a ramp, but then catches fire. Yeah, I'm like, for, what the fuck? How is no that reason. car catching fire? I love that yeah. Reggie says, like, uh, like move away, uh, shield your eyes, and he kicks the window in. He's dragging her out through glass, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'd rather be dragged through glass than blow up in a car. Hell yeah. yeah, let's go, let's go. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and he rescues Jennifer. Like so, this this scene is happening after Reggie took a deuce at at like well oh oh, <laughs> oh god, and then Travis kills it all. All right, <laughs> Reggie took a shit at some place. Like Brian also saying, he saw this woman. And yeah. instead of trying to bone her, he was just like, all right, I'm going to go on my merry way. He leaves before her, but then later in the movie, he catches up to her, which is fucking odd. This right. yeah. Again, nothing yeah. makes sense in yeah. this movie. He, he leaves before her, but then is passing her later. Like, yeah. what the, what the fuck? Dude, like, I love when he's passing her and he looks at her and he smiles, his little stupid smile. And yeah, she's like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, all of this, <laughs> this, this scene is great. This is... Y'all are yeah. bringing the movie up for me right now. I'm just yeah. saying, and like, this conversation is bringing this yep. movie up. Um, Teenage this... Mutant Ninja Turtle car flips. <laughs> 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 well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. If you if you break out a car window 
after a woman has unceremoniously rolled her car over because of a because of a tortoise in the road. <laughs> you save her. You take her to what has got to be a four star, five star hotel in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and and then you give her your flannel shirt. There should be some payback. I'm just saying. At he's, that point, he's like, "This our media center boasts over 48 satellite stations." Or yeah, something he was, like he that. was he was turning on the charm, man. He was yeah. turning on this motherfucker. He was turning on the charm, Reggie, yeah. and also Grindhouse. I agree. Yeah, like well, he saved she, your life. The least you could do is just like touch him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and she was, she was <laughs> and she was all dusty muffin. Like she wasn't having it. Like, yeah, nope, no. uh-uh. this is nope, this is well. To be honest, he came off kind of scary once he started talking about. Yeah, I think, I think if, he <laughs> <would've had people. laughs> if he, if, if he would have mentioned all of that, I think he if he didn't could've. mention well, that all oh, oh, fa- undead people, like, he probably would have got laid. Though. Fair enough. She still came to bed in his flannel shirt and her silky little black drawers. So yeah, like it, yeah. she she is not sending the signals like the game is off, bruv. She's yeah. not. Right, she's right. like, you're not she's wrong. like, just, just, just keep trying a little harder. And he was just, he gave that. And then she saw that skeleton and just went, nope. Oh, <laughs> so, and, and yeah. since we're here, let's jump right into it. My boy wakes up and oh. he sees her breast palpitating and he's yeah. like, far <laughs> out. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he has to, he has to, but we'd all do it too. The one button. We'd all yeah. have to do oh, it yeah. just, oh, yeah. just to see. And then it's fucking golden. I mean, I thought time. she was having a heart attack, officer. <laughs> you know, I thought that's why her chest was heaving. Dude, matter. I love the gore effects in this scene, like the silver spheres as boobs and yeah. Grindhouse. Does this count as boobs in this movie? No. No. Okay, no, you're right. You're right. Boobs. You're right. I'm glad you said that. But but we get a great fucking scene where this chick's boobs are fucking spheres and the tall man is manipulating this shit. R.I.P. Jennifer. Um, we don't see her no more, so I guess she is one and done. Oh, we do this... see her. She grabs Thank his feet. We're not done yet. And then and then he gives her the old sledgehammer. <laughs> well, no, but no, but I... also oh. technically she's two and done, not one and done. <laughs> two. I just meant no, after this scene, she she, oh, okay. she gone. She gone. So she's no she's no alchemy. She's no. I, I gotcha. Okay. Right. Got right. Right. Yeah. Um, alchemy, so something special. Yeah. Back in oh, the yeah. desert, Mike is struggling with his affliction, where he's rope he, on his neck. Well, <laughs> yeah, he's my, my my boy is trying to kill himself. Same. Shawshank style. Brooks yeah. was here. Yeah. yeah. And. I like how Mike is scared that he's trying to do it, even though he set it up that he's trying to do it. He's like scared of falling, yeah. but he did it. So, and then you get a flashback again to the 1979 cut where footage we did not see in the original movie where Mike and Jody set up the tall man to get hung on a tree. And then Mike goes back and the tall man's like, I'll go away and I'll never yeah. come back. <laughs> And he's like, do you mean that? And he's like, gee, mister, do you mean that? (laughs) He falls for it, and Mike fucking climbs the tree, young Mike, and cuts the rope, and the the tall man lands on the ground. He's like, boy. (laughs) Never mind the fact that the tall man could have just made the rope snap on his own with his mind. Like, why do you have to wake that boy up just to go over there and fuck with him? Because he wants, because again, he just wants to fuck with him. Mike is part of this whole equation that we're still trying to piece together and we won't, we won't, 
but we're trying. We're trying. Yeah. On the nightclub, we're trying for y'all. We're trying for you. You better be Not grateful, really you sons hard, of bitches. But there is effort. No, but tell them they better be uh, grateful. They better be grateful, though. They should Goddamn be. Goddamn savages. Fucking pieces of shits. <laughs> Learn to read, you stupid bitches. Don't know why y'all are so illiterate. Anyway, right. I guess that's why y'all listen. Uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you listen instead of read us. Dummies. So Mike cannot be killed by hanging himself. The tall man will not allow it. I love this shot from way off in the desert where you see the tall man's figure standing there and then it gets closer and closer and closer. Yep. And he's like, death is my domain. Hey, I but- like how he says, where are you trying to go, boy? <laughs> you can't escape the tall man even with death, dude. You can't do it. If he's got you in his yeah. fucking crosshairs, you're fucked. That's fucked up. That's the most yeah, man. That's the most fucked up thing about what it's I'm a, learning. It's cosmic as fuck, boy. It's so cosmic. It's a cosmic ten bar. It's a goddamn ten boy. It's a goddamn ten bar. The whole the whole kind of like the scene, the kind of like fate in it, because obviously the tall man when Mike falls and he's still got the noose around his neck, it's you know the line is, "You may not take your own life. That's my domain." Exclusively, yeah, it's like yeah, you're fuck. Line. You know, it's like you're best fuck. line of the he film. He's fucked. He's absolutely fucked. It's brutal. Yeah, Trev, what did you think about this scene where my boy is hanging himself and his legs are his legs are just bowed mm. out, like bowed, bowed out, yeah, out, backwards, backwards. bowed out, boom, 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 <laughs> boom. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was awesome. I loved it. Hell yeah! But but also like the cosmic for sure. Angus is just like. Nah, bro. I'm not gonna let you kill yourself. It doesn't even matter. He won't. They let want him to die, <laughs> but I won't let them. Mike eventually <laughs> finds these fucking vibrating pillars that he goes through. The yeah, tall man. Does. The tall man offers his hand because he cuts Mike down telepathically, and yeah. he's like, "We have a lot of work to do." And Mike's like, "I'm gonna give you my hand, but then I'm not." Mm. And I'm like, "No, no, fuck that." Mike is like, "Fuck this. I'm gonna resist." He goes through the vibrating pillars, those posts that we know from the Phantasm franchise. The dimensional forks. Yeah. And he ends up in the Victorian area, America, like 18, probably 1860s, I would say, like Civil War era, right? Because we got that that flashback where you had – we had this at some point in the movie where you had a flashback of of Civil War time – fucking tall man shoving shit up people's noses and the guy's like ah! and he's like yeah he <laughs> loves it he loves it hell yeah he does but i, I love that, it too i think that was i think that was tall man not jebediah oh yeah that was the tall man oh yeah, yeah. Definitely tall man. Definitely it was definitely man. him i loved it i loved watching the tall man shove civil war instruments up people's nostrils that i shit the <laughs> trench that's how much I loved it. Well, but I think dimensionally, when you're looking at these two things, there's always got to be some sort of balance, right? If one thing goes into one dimension, something else has to come back through. So I think when Jebediah Morningside made his dimensional portal and he went into it, they said he never came back. Right. right. But he gone, be gone. What, yeah. But well, somebody happened? came back. Well, but, but to balance things out, something something else had to come back. And I think that was the Talmud. He gone pecan, yeah. Cut. yeah. yeah. Jebediah is gone pecan. That's that's yeah. the tall man from there on out. 
but it always seems like it always seems like with the balance it always seems like if a good man goes through an evil man comes back if an evil man goes through a good man comes back okay so mike goes through it and he comes out on the other side and he sees a good nature jebediah morningside offering him up lemonade Yep. saying please sit down like chill out with me like are you are you why from... are your clothes so funny you must not be from around here <laughs> yeah. why are your clothes so funny he's, <laughs> he, he's like are you from another dimension he knows he's like, did you make that's passage what... through the dimensional gateway that's what tells him that's what tells him because he's asking him before he leaves he's like wait wait we must know more yeah. yeah. So he's he's aware of what's happening. He doesn't know the consequences yet. Dude, I want more. see the movie and the movie does not give us besides what we've already talked about where where Jebediah goes in and the tall man comes out holding a spear and sees the other dimensional Mike and Jody. We don't get more of this. So if you have any questions, they end here cuz we don't get answers. Well, that's we not true. That's not true. I don't think that's true at all. I think I think it tells you that if over the course of your life you grow a skeleton and ponytail, eventually you stop getting laid. That's an answer. <laughs> well, no, but <laughs> that, that's a different thing. But for this, for this one thing, for this one particular thing, this movie gives us clues and 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 lore, lore out the ass. But then it gives us nothing, but but an opportunity to speculate. Like that's what we get to do at this point is speculate on yeah. what is that's what Jeb- you get with most phantasm movies. Mm-hmm. Well, but it takes yeah. you if you think about it and you think about the balance, it takes you into Ravager because what has the tall man been doing the whole time? Basically, been digging up corpses, people that were buried in cemeteries. So there's a, an inherent good vibe feel to that that they were buried there, they were worthy, right? Then you get into Ravager and the whole fucking army fleet of giant silver balls comes back so that's like the balance of all the evil coming back through and 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 for mike for mike's sake in this movie where he's trying to fight his affliction being transformed into whatever the fuck the tall man wants him to be transformed into he's got his brother as a fucking floating black sphere that sometimes takes the form of jody i don't know not even egging him on just being there this is again another part of the movie that I'm like, why is Jody a part of this movie doing what he's doing? Because I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get why Jody is there. Mike, somebody ran into somebody in a bar and said, hey, you want to be in a movie after three cocktails? And he was like, yeah. And then they went, shit. Well, but I think, uh, mm. no, no, I think, I think Don Coscarelli, <laughs> I hear, I, I love the joke, but I feel like Don Coscarelli had a deeper meaning for what he was doing. I just don't know what it is, and I don't think we're supposed to know. I don't think we're supposed to. It doesn't translate if it's there. Right. It doesn't translate. Right. It, do- it doesn't. It doesn't. And I'm I'm left scratching my head. Mike eventually gets back to a car that's in the desert that he's – he goes back through the portal. Jebediah Morningside, back in the 1860s, has this whole setup because he's, he's an undertaker during the Civil War. Yeah. This he's is got the steampunk portal going. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're learning about Jebediah, how he functions, what he's doing. Mike turns the gears, this big gear machine, and and and, and flips the switch where he can fucking go back through the portal. So he's back in that weird desert world, the Outwaters, I'll say at this point. It's the yeah. Outwaters. Oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah. It might as Damn. well be. 
But in 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 lieu what of what if this t- movie would have ended with a dick rip and gut flop? <laughs> yeah, boy, it'd have been the best. <laughs> yeah, boy, when that would have been better. When Mike comes <laughs> back, he sees more post, more and and this keeps happening throughout the movie, more and more vibrational forks or dimensional forks. Yeah, they're... more of them are po- more of them are coming up, and and it's because you get more and more questions. <laughs> Dude, nowhere to go. <laughs> nowhere to go. And the tall man at one point says, "You only go where I want you to, boy. Like you only get to see what I want you to see." He's he's a puppet master beyond puppet masters. He can do yeah. anything. Pretty much. Yeah. You can kill him, but it won't matter. It won't matter, dude. Mike Mike starts to try to build this fucking thing out of the engine of the, of this car that's out in the desert. I don't yeah, because he's a mechanic, dude. That's the hearse. That's the hearse. Yeah, that yeah. was the hearse. And that's when Jody shows up again, and Mike's like, "Yeah, I've been." Waiting I like for how you. he's like, "Hey, little brother, can't yeah. you fix it?" Yeah, he's yeah. like, well, "Well, you can't fix it." And Mike's like, uh, "I'm not trying to fix it. I'm doing something else, bitch." Yeah, yeah. Mike. Yeah. yeah, this is where I'm like, Mike, bro. Mike has, like Grindhouse said, he's got the eyes. He can control things. He can make posts appear. Mike has powers. Mike, Mike has, has a little bit powers. of tall man power. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's developing like telekinesis and some connection to that other world. That Right. He's everyone... smashing bugs and shit. Yeah. But that no, that no one else has ever had, though, which is the difference, I think, with all the other movies. That there's somebody that can see a little bit into the tall man's world at a glance versus having to walk through the uh, the tuning forks of death. Yeah, I think the the once he started traveling, all of the powers just kind of started rubbing off on him. But the other thing I want to say is, is I do need to rewatch the fifth one because I can't remember shit. But um, we'll get to it like next I, year. I, Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of felt that like this movie would have been a good transitional phase into maybe making Mike be the beginning of the Tall Man. Right. Right. No, for sure. Whereas, where, whereas Mike is the Tall Man. Tall Man is just a later version of Mike. Well, and that's that, the and that's the work he needs to get done, right? I think that was the intention because there's a point where they show Mike as a tall man in this movie. It feels oh, yeah. like it, right? Yeah. And they when he opens up the him. casket, when they open up the that's true, they do. And he's even yeah. tall. Yep. But when he opens up the casket after <laughs> he's, he's finding, even tall. <laughs> after the tall man disappears from inside the casket, he opens it up and he just sees the suit. That suit's meant for him. Yeah. yeah. He he's you meant know? to don like, it, but he doesn't. He doesn't though. Yeah, but he would never be the tall man. At his best, he would be like the shoe lift man. That's no, but I, th- I think, well, I think. Well, <laughs> do, you, do you remember in the second film? In the second film, the tall man's kind of henchman, all wear suits. So it's almost right. like he's he's going to become like a protege. Um Because right. yep. even the bit later on when Reggie has the nightmare, where Mike turns up wearing the suit, he looks like one of the henchmen from the second film. I think when Mike rejects the suit, though, like how Ricky pointed out, and I, I we're 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 skipping over things, and I'm sorry for the listeners. I'm watch, not fuck y'all. Watch this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, you goddamn right. Watch. I told y'all to cry off. All right. Yeah. So when, when yeah, he bitches. rejects the suit, he's rejecting, and this grindhouse. It, this is where I'm going back to. I agree with you that I think Mike is kind of weak, but I think. I think we're, his character is stronger. When we're going through the movie, he gets stronger and stronger. And I think his character is just stronger than Jody's. 
Jody's Jody's inclination is to run away from everything for the most part until he finally believes. Well, but Mike does does the same thing, too. The whole movie is running away. Yeah, Yeah, the whole movie is him running away from it and trying to kill himself. Well, that's fair. I think I think I think I'm trying so, to connect. There you go. Yeah, I agree. He he, Mike is very Jody-ish in this movie. I because think in so. the first in the first movie, Jody's trying to run away from the death of his parents and leave his little brother with who knows who, whatever. You know, he's trying to run away from his which, issues, but which Mike this, convinces him to stay. In this movie, we're led to believe that Jody died in a car crash. And right. that and that Mike went to a funeral with his parents to Jody's funeral. Like th- th- this is where this is why this movie is so confusing and so. Awesome. Oh my god! It it's well, well it's uh, confusing. Well, I it, think his conf- parents are dead too. I think they just yeah. died after Jody. But but you see a scene in the movie that was cut out from the original 1979 where. Mike is in the car with his parents, and the mom right. puts her arm around around him. him. Right, and I think they died after Judy. Fair, but... but that's what, but that's what they say at the end of the first movie. He said first he came for Jody, then he got my parents. Yep. Now he's gonna okay. get me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The whole yeah. town okay. was dead at the end of one. The whole town was dead, including yeah, because because even in the first one, there's a scene where like what where it's only basically Mike and Reggie left, and the whole fucking house explodes. You know, so the the parents are off the dinner menu completely. But I also think as they have Mike trying to be the replacement for Jody, who didn't do a super good job anyway to start with, the thing that I never understood is why the tall man was ignoring Reggie. Because, I mean, Reggie is a middle-aged man with a, skullet, to... with a skullet, with a badass gun who gets laid. I mean, I'm well, sorry, he I think a he way better to- He likes toying with Reggie. He likes toying with uh, all he of likes playing. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say if if we want to impose the idea that Mike is the tall man, then the tall man has a, a special fondness for Reggie. I don't think Mike True. is the tall man. I that's think, fair. I, I I'm think, just I'm just saying. Right, if you right, were to, right. If you were to go down that rabbit hole, right? And that's a that and that's a fun rabbit hole to go down. And and so I don't want to dismiss it. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, stop if I, being a dismissive bitch. I'm sorry if I sound yeah, dismissive. Hey, well, hey, no, put, too pretentious pick, right now. Put, put that picky a little bit further down, sir. <laughs> right now. Well, so no, but all I'm saying is, if you're looking for a protege, why don't you just kill Mike, give him the fucking sphere to the gonads, suck out his little tiny balls, and have them get spit on the sidewalk, <laughs> and go after Reggie because oh. Reggie's a fucking badass. Reggie would be a much better protege because he's gonna come in there and he's gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna get this shit all straightened out. I'm gonna be over here getting laid. Somebody sell my ice cream and then somebody dig up some dead bodies for me. Reggie out. That's what he's gonna do. <laughs> Reggie, Reggie, Reggie would have been the fucking best, but. <sighs> This movie has us go through this this whole thing where Reggie finally goes and I guess he finds a Cuda, just a random Cuda. Um, and <laughs> well, he's, he's had it. He, he's no, had he it the whole the movie. He's had it the whole movie. Well, I know. Yeah. But he well, he finally finds his ice cream man suit. He suits up. He gets his guns ready. He gets the quad barrel, the legend. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's Cody Co date night. Yeah, he's totally yeah. getting pimped up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and my boy is ready to fight, and he kills a bunch of Jawas, yeah, and yeah. He, he's at these dimensional forks where he like everyone's drawn. I guess he's drawn to it, and Mike, Mike has finally gone through his fucking rejection. I would say, re- well, kind of gone through his rejection of the transformation he was going through, but 
at the same time, my boy is honing his skills, so this movie is, like, lopsided. It's 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 one way or the other. I don't know. But Mike comes through the gate with Jody, and he tells Reggie, this is, again, this is one of the things that I'm like, I don't, I don't, watching it again, I, I don't get this part. Mike tells Reggie when they hug, don't trust him. And then yeah. Reg, Reggie gives Mike through a handshake the tuning fork but I'm like why did you tell Reggie don't trust Jody when you have nothing to do with what's coming up with trusting Jody why right yeah that's fair he he I don't know why he told him that maybe he told him that just in case he didn't come back sure Um, but other than that yeah it is kind of weird because it's like yeah he tells him don't trust him and then he leaves with him so yeah. why'd you bother telling Reggie? Because it's not like Joey's a part of Reggie's Re- life Re- now. Reggie's just waiting. He, Re- Okay, so, Re- and I want to say, Reggie Reggie got left by Mike at the beginning of this movie, says so much in the opening narration, I got l- abandoned by Mike, and then Reggie spent the whole time going to find Mike, finds Mike, and gets left by Mike again, and sits <laughs> there and fucking See, just... I- Wait. I don't think he was looking for Mike. I think he was looking for the tall man and looking for the battle. It just happened to be that they came at it's the same conversation. It's, yeah. it's not what he said. It's not what he said. Well, he in said the beginning, that's what he... Mike. Well, okay. but I mean, that's because Mike and Jody are brothers. Him and Jody were buddies, although Reggie was still oddly older than Mike, so why they'd be sitting in a garage drinking beers beyond me. But, <laughs> I, but I think that's the ultimately, I mean, everything that he's doing and if you look at Reggie and the character that he's played through the whole time, they're slowly whittling, whittling him away. And, and, and especially when they get to like the ice cream man scene, you know, like he is now back to where he started, except for he has all these experiences to build him up, to make him believe and to make him want to fight. You know, there's nothing else there for him to do is it other than just fight. Maybe. Okay. So in this bang out order as well, but Mike, See that scene where his kind of powers are developing and he kind of starts moving things. Yeah. And there's the Jawa that he crushes with a rock. Mm-hmm. That poor Jawa was just masturbating overnight. Right? <laughs> he wasn't fucking <laughs> him. He wasn't doing it. He was just fucking looking at him, just having a tan shank, just admiring Mike, and Mike crushes him with a fucking rock. You're, on the, out you're on the Jawa side. Yeah? Did you, yeah. I- Ian, did you say a tan shank? A Tom Shank. Is that a wank? Is that a wank? A wank, Okay, a Tom Shank. Is that a bit of a wank? A bit of a wank. A bit of a Tom Shank. Yeah, okay. A Tom Shank. A Thomas Shank. A Tom Shank. So what you're basically saying is that he was there, and even though the Jawas were there, the Jawa was not coming after him. So the Jawa sort of assumed that he was part of the team, and then he waxed him anyway, so he's still... Okay, yeah, but I still say Mike's a yeah. I still say Mike's a pussy, but that's just me. I uh, <laughs> I feel you. And fair enough. Okay. I have a I have a different perspective. I think Mike is a struggling character in this movie that does end up being strong and down and to get to- different strong. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and and towards the end of the movie, he proves it, but. So by falling on the ground and dying after a silver ball was pulled out of his skull? No, well, no, dying. but 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 like every okay, so towards the end of the movie, he comes back to Reggie through the through the um the post and he tells Reggie, like, Alone. I gotta go 
<laughs> Post Malone. <laughs> and he's like, I gotta go do something. Someone and... should put Post Malone's face in between dimensional forks. I'll get a tattoo <laughs> of it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Reggie gives him the tuning fork, and then Mike goes back through the dimensional forks with, with um, Jody. And now the movie goes batshit bananas. You get you get yeah. scenes where Mike is killing his brother more than once. It's oh, like yeah. it's like I just had to know. I just had to know. Like had to know what? You didn't say yeah. what you had to know. What the oh, fuck he, are you talking about? But then he also didn't accomplish anything. Other no, than you're right. other than you're losing right. the tuning fork. Yeah. And and to that yeah. point, to that point, throughout this entire movie as they're going and raiding hardware stores and stealing and doing everything else if they had only known that all they had to do is go to a fucking guitar center and get a handful of tuning forks they could have beat this shit right out of the True. gate I, I, oh, do, oh. I, I do want to mention this scene though so in the first scene Jody captures Mike in the woods and Mike stabs Jody to death and he's like I just had to know and I'm like what did you have to know you didn't say it I don't know what you had to know so anyway if he, it, was, a, if he was human or not if he was still alive yeah the yellow at this point, yeah. at this point he's at this point, Mike is so confused about what's real and what's not. I mean, he feels like us. That's how we're supposed to feel like Mike in this movie, I think. Well, well, I felt like that, and I do feel like that. I'm confused by it because then Mike runs away from stabbing his own brother in the heart with a knife, with the dagger, the original dagger from the yep. first movie that he found in the glove box of the fucking car in the desert. And then... Jody jumps him again and he wakes up on a table in a mortuary from the from the beginning of this movie yeah. the dream sequence from the beginning of this movie where the tall man's marching up and now they're going to shove that spear in Mike's head and then Mike shoves it up to Jody's neck and Jody gets killed and that's when Jody was like I that's died in that part. car crash and that's then the also best part. acting from from yeah. Jody Pearson so far yeah yeah <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> believe it or not, if you watch this one first, believe it or not. But that's, yeah, the, that's, the tu- that's the tuning fork because because Mike tries to pull the dagger out of his pocket and drops it on the fucking floor. Yeah. And then he, he pulls out the other thing and I'm like, what is it? A switchblade, a hand grenade? It's a tuning fork. And he just goes, ding, and everybody everything freezes. And he's like, I right. love oh, that. Oh, look. I love that. I will I will push this up to my brother's face and have his head partially cut off and right. I will get out of here. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. right, right. I, but love, again, I, I love that, honestly. Well, I, I, I loved it too in a sense, but at the same time, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because, because... Well, they kind of touch on that in either part two or three because they hear that, that noise from the tuning fork and they see that something stops. Maybe yeah. it's, it's the hum, it's the hum from the, the hum from the posts, right? The hum from the yeah. posts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post Malone's. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, the Post Malone's, yep. The Post Malone's. <laughs> so, so, That's so what you, those things are now. They're just get, Post yes. Malone's. Possibly. 100%. You get the Post Malone hums and the tall man freezes, but then he takes it telepathically from right. Mike and puts it in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love the he way drops he just kind of drops like, it in oh, his pocket. Fucking goddamn, like... 1984 Wild West Sheriff, like, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, I love yeah. that. You can't fuck with me, <laughs> I just, bitch. I you cannot that. fuck with me. Yeah. That's the tall yeah, man. The, you can't little, fuck with me. The little game you're playing is cute, but yeah. it's yeah. not really going to get you anywhere. No. What else you yeah. got, boy? <laughs> Boom. Yeah. I love so, the tall man. Now it's the showdown, the big showdown. Reggie's the got his quad countdowns. barrel. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he does. He's got his quad barrel pointed, and the tall man walks straight up to it, to his chest, and is like, 
Fuck all you. that time. All that time to sit there, and my boy ain't reloaded his shotgun. Why? Yeah. Why, Reggie? What you the fuck Reggie. are you fuck. doing, Reggie? What he were you actually doing? <laughs> he pulls the trigger. It goes click, and the tall man is like, "Choke, choke slam. You're done." Yeah. And then Mike is like, "Guess what? I got the fucking psychic eyes," and he fucking has that toy burst out through the engine of the Cuda and stab the tall man in the back of the head and the tall man pulls it out and is like you don't give this? a fuck a yeah. toy <laughs> <laughs> but then the engine starts going like I thought it was a Ghostbusters trap for a minute dude it looks I love I gotta say like I love the effect right here yeah of the yeah. light coming from inside the engine and the smoke and shit it's just cool looking and I, I get that it's simple as shit, but it's just it's a good-looking so good. effect, It's great. Man. It's great. It's just a yeah, good-looking effect. Tall man walks up to that shit being curious as fuck for whatever reason. I don't know why he's he curious thinks... about the toys his yeah. protege made, man. He's like, Toys R Us, where'd you go? He's like, oh, is, Russ, this, is this how I learned how to make the spheres? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it blows right. up. The whole car blows up, blows up the tall man. And it seems like everything's cool and great and dandy, but fucking Mike is dying. And Rick, well, uh, it blows up the tall man, but then another one comes right after right, and just right through the same hole. His ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just well, his ass and takes the ball out of his head. Re Reggie is left in this weird, dope state. ass, dope ass body horror right here. By the way, the tall man squeezing the ball out of Mike's head. Like it's yeah. a fucking oh, it's such a painful yeah. short as well. It's, it's it, the, the body horror is on point in this movie. I gotta point that out. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just that whole sequence. Like it, it looks so painful. It's it's almost like the birth of a child. The way that ball yeah. kind of comes through the slit and screaming for his life. It's it's I, I was I proper winced when I watched that scene. I was like, oh Jesus. That's, yeah, that's pretty fucking, obviously the yellow goo and everything, the chuddle goo, fucking, you know, <laughs> at the back of his head, it's fucking, it's brutal, it's absolutely brutal. This movie does end on a dream sequence, though, where yeah. Mike, as a little kid, is going that's... back through his memory, and Why he's with not? Reggie, you end on a perfect, The like, ending is dope. If this, if this would be the ending of the franchise, this would have been a great ending, where they just go down the road in the middle of the night into the unknown, into the darkness, into the cosmicism, into the fucking bleakness, into yeah. the nostalgia, into everything. And, 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 and while he's hearing echoes from another reality, mm -hmm. Reggie's like, what was that? And he's like, just the wind. Just yeah, the it's wind. beautiful. It's a beautiful philosophical ending. I, I agree. I love it. The ending is amazing. Yeah, I, and, I, and I and I'm I'm very partial to the tall man one liner, jump scare endings. I'm very fucking partial to those. You know, mm -hmm. so yeah. for this one to stand out that way is really special. Yeah, nothing at all weird about a young man in an ice cream truck with a balding middle aged man with a. <laughs> I mean, no. yeah, I mean, there's nothing weird about this at all. So that was just the wind. Just the wind. It's just the wind, man. Just the wind, bro.
that was Phantasm for Oblivion. Everybody fucking had a blast talking about it, I think. I think we all did. I did. I had a good time. It was a good Except time. for when we talked about how the tall man ran over that dog. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> that part made me fucking extra oh, sad. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in honor of Deuce tonight, we're, we, this is this episode is dedicated. Uh, oh, goddamn! It's a duty, but yep. Yeah, in honor of Deuce. Fuck the tall man. Fuck him. Fuck the yeah. tall man. Fuck him. <laughs> We're going to give our final thoughts and ratings. I'll start us off. First time I watched this movie, I loved it. it I was I was in the, the transition from each movie to each movie, and I was just going, and I was like, yeah. This watch, I got bogged down, but during our conversation... I admit, I still have some moments that I'm kind of confused about, but right. I think that's part of the Phantasm franchise. So, yeah. besides that, I'm going to give this movie an 8.5 out of 10. And I know that sounds high. For me, that's low, based on how I rate movies now. But <laughs> but but I, I'm, I can't give this a 9 like I did Phantasm 3 because that movie was so fucking ready to go and rock. This movie, I love the dreamy aspect. I love the surrealness. Love I what like, it's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, where I, that's that's how I felt too this time. Watch like man, I just love what this movie is trying to do for me. But it never yeah. felt quite realized. No, so I want to give it an eight and a half out of ten. In my heart, I want to give this like a 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to give sure. it a 10. This could I... easily just be a nightclub 10. Right. But I think, we're, I think we're just trying to be more objective in rating it, you know? Yeah. I want to grade this on a phantasm scale. On a, Well, if I want to, I guess I would give it a 10, honestly. But, yeah. but, but objectively, yes, this is an 8.5 out of 10 movie. But if you're watching the franchise, it's a 10. This movie's a 10. It stands out so much from the others. It really does. 100%. Yeah. So I'm going to stop myself right there. I got nothing else to say. I will let everyone else just say. Who what, should go next? Uh, Whoever wants to. Trev, I just what didn't you know if you wanted me okay. on, the, on the back end or on no, the front end. No, I th- I want. I think I want Ian to, to bring to us take- home. Right. Yeah. As a guest. You want do you want me to go before Ian is what I'm getting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I want you on the back end, but reaching around to the front end. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh yeah, yeah. Um, look, man, I, I still hey. like the movie. I, hey. Hey. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Um I, as far as the fan. Phantasm franchise goes. I mean, as as different as this movie is, it still just kind of falls in line with the other ones. Um, and I, I can say that after watching them consecutively back to back to back. That being said, I, I don't know if I'd quite give it a ten. Um, I'm looking at like a nine point five. There's some points where I'm just like, eh, you know, like I wasn't completely grasped the entire movie, but there's just a I just had a, a whole lot of fun watching it and then rewatching it. Honestly, I, I kind of want to rewatch it again now. And this is the fourth movie of the franchise. You know, you don't really feel like that about the fourth movie of a franchise normally. So I'm coming in high at a 9.5. Um, Reggie's a badass. Tall Man's a badass. Spears for days. 
sphere titties. <laughs> it's it's everything yeah, I wanted. The, so, the, the titty know. spheres are awesome. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. coming in low now. That Trev's really giving going. it nine point five. Uh, man, like, I'm yeah. like, God damn. Just, just get wait. ready, bud. Just, just wait. wait. Yeah. <laughs> just wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, so to the points Travis made and the points that Trevor made, yeah, if you watch these all in a line as a Phantasm Feast, the whole set of movies is a 50 out of 50. This as an individual movie, as the watch, um, I love the fact that they give us a little bit of tall man lore. I did not like the fact that I generally had no idea what the fuck was going on. (laughs) Um, That's every movie. (laughs) Well, it's okay to it's okay to have a dream fever logic movie, except for at some point you got to wake up from the fever. The fever's got to break at some point in this movie. The fever never breaks. It's you're 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 mid fever at the end of the movie. Reggie not scoring really bummed me out. (laughs) I don't know why it just really bummed me out. I, I did feel bad for him. Yeah, that's been like his thing through the previous two. Like that's what man, he does. Somebody he better go bang Reggie, man. <laughs> um, right now, let's go bang Reggie. Bro, you know what? That's a that's a good point, Brent. I wish, <laughs> I I hope Gigi Bannister is just putting <laughs> on Reggie in real like, life, putting it on him all the time. <laughs> yeah. I do feel bad for Reggie. So I poor bet guy she can't. Is. I, I bet hope she so is. too. Because even after. Is. Even after getting all dressed up for like fucking date night, you know, like he, the dude got nothing, you know, like he, right. he, he, he should have at he least let got, his hair down and everything. Yeah, he should have at least gotten a fucking, <laughs> well, at the very minimum, he should have gotten a rub and tug from the tall man. Okay. At the very minimum. I agree. So that was disappointing. And I, I, we talked about a little bit too, like Jody being in this movie. Like you oh. could have cut Jody out completely and the movie would have been 20 minutes shorter and would have been the same. Like I, I, I don't think it would have changed anything. I, I don't, I don't agree with that, but I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. 100%. Well, you know, you know what? It's nice. It's my final thoughts on ratings. So both right. you can fuck off. That's why <laughs> I started to say it, and I was like, oh, it ain't so, Objectively, being the voice of reason, because somebody here has not got to be a nut polisher. I will give this movie a five out of ten. It's I wouldn't, I wouldn't go seek it out. I wouldn't watch it for the hell of it. If I was in the lore. It's much better. It is. If it's if it's with buddies, it's much better. As a standalone movie to watch for the hell of it, I wouldn't pick this up and do it just for the hell of it. I wouldn't. No. Damn. You're, 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 no, he's right, though. As a standalone movie, if you just watch this by itself, this is like, what the fuck are you doing? You have to be part of the lore. You have to. You have to. Yeah. I mean. I, I agree with that, dude. It's a five out of ten if you're – it's 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 – yeah, yeah. I won't. I won't go on. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's his final thoughts and ratings, bro. Come on, structure. I was just, I was just trying to. <laughs> I was just hey, trying structure. to. Hey, Travis. Tra- Travis. Yeah. Uh, shut uh, the fuck up. All right. Oh. Shut the fuck up, Travis. Okay. The reality <laughs> is, at the end of the day, it's oh. a fucking five out of ten. Just fucking accept it. No, he didn't. Fucking accept it for what it is. It's a five out of ten. Nonsensical fucking nonsense. How dare you fucking interrupt me while I'm talking? Get the fucking structure right, Travis. God fucking damn it. Yeah, cuz. This is my first time hearing Ian do an impression of Grindhouse, and I I, I love it. That was... Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I kind of love it. I, I kind of love it too. At the same time, I hope you sit on a pine cone backwards. 
So you wish him massive pleasure. Okay, got you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ricky, what yeah. you got? What you got for this final? Oh pin, man, well, not final, penultimate movie of the the franchise that you love. All right. So the first time I saw this one, it was directly after watching three, and right before watching five. So I binge watched this franchise too. Once I got past number two, that was it. I was like, no, I got, I need it all now. So this movie makes a lot more sense, like like we've been saying, in the context of the rest of the movies. To just pick this one up just because you feel like watching a phantasm movie, <laughs> this isn't the one that you're gonna go to. No. Like if you're like if you're like, man, I'd love to watch a phantasm movie. Which fucking one should it be? <laughs> it's not gonna be part four. No. But part four does do a lot of very special and different things. It just doesn't execute them as well as I feel it should have. This is only my third watch of part four at this point so maybe my feelings on it would change especially if i watched it in succession like the first time maybe it would have been better but i think that does point at something lacking there's something lacking in part four i Mm -hmm. i don't know a hundred percent what it is but it just doesn't quite stick the landing that being said it's very memorable and it's a standout film from the franchise. I love the effects. I love the the atmosphere, the wibbly wobbly timey wimey bullshit. I always love that shit. I don't care if it's cheesy as fuck. Um, we still have a lot of dope imagery, awesome fucking scenes with the tall man. The dude made me actually want to cry today. Mm. So I gotta come at least at a nine with this one. At I still least- I am still very much in love with this movie. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and stick with a nine. Well, before hey. we before we get to our guest, I did have one thing I wanted to bring up and I completely forgot. Okay, go ahead. So throughout this movie, people are always like hiding from the tall man, right? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. They're, they're trying to be around the corner, whatever else. Did anybody ever notice that the way the tall man walks and the thunderous steps that he takes, it would not be hide, hard to hide from his son? <laughs> no, no. <It's> true. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it just wouldn't. Because like, you uh, could be in the next county and hear the tall man coming. <laughs> uh, you are that absolutely right. Stepping, he's stepping boy, thunder. I don't know if he's dragging his feet or if he's stomping or if he's yeah. doing both somehow. But you are absolutely correct. That boy is and, stepping thunder. And that's thunder. another point I want to make. Some of this dream, some of these dreamy weemy scenes are so haunting. The tall man walking through the empty city streets yeah. directly at Mike. Yeah. Like, so good. Yeah. And some of the shit this boy says is the most cosmic shit he says in the whole fucking franchise. Yeah. So this really is kind of the the tall man at his most cosmic. Cosmic. Yeah. At yeah. His, at, at his tallest. This at might, his tallest. I, 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 I agree with you, Rick. When when you say that this is the most like part one, and and you say this is the most surreal. This is the most surreal. It's definitely the most art house. Yeah. Fucking phantasm movie. <laughs> so, as I said earlier on, the first time I ever watched this, I, I hated it. I thought it was nonsensical crap. Uh, I just couldn't get into it at all. However, upon recent viewings, my view of this film has went up. Again, 
$650,000 budget is didn't have a lot to work with, but takes that budget and makes it look like a potential couple of million dollar production. The atmosphere in it, I think, is really good because they discussed the opening kind of scene with the hearse and the graveyards. Coscarelli and the sequels to these films it makes graveyards look so fucking atmospheric yeah. and cool. It's just the way he lights it, he has the mist, the smoke. You know, got it, that Italian flair, though, dude. Yeah, he's, yeah, does. Does. he's got that. He's got that Lucio Fulci vibe. Yeah, he does. <laughs> With his lighting and his atmosphere, he does, man. Yeah, I, I, I really, really like the practical effects. You know, I know TB, you'd said that. He thought the scene with the with the cop was quite slow. I, I quite enjoyed the fight with the cop. Yeah, it's a bit start, stop, start, stop. But, you know, he gets chuddled in the mouth. There's a bit of shotgun action. Any film that's <laughs> yeah. shotgun action is a fucking 10 for me. Fucking shotguns, I think, are cool as fuck. Hell as I yeah. said before, there's a, the diversity between Mike's story, you know, of, like, this whole journey with, you know, what does the tall man have prepared for him? And then you've got Reggie, but it's just all go and it's all action. I really like the the mixtures between the two. I don't like the fact the film ends on a cliffhanger with like the point where you've got Mike lying. You know, he said the ball ripped out his head. He says he's dying. Reggie disappears through the uh, the post Malone, and <laughs> there's there's no conclusion. There's no, and then. He waits for 22 fucking years to do part five. I'm just like, for fuck's sake. So I wasn't a huge fan of the fact that it ends on a a cliffhanger. But saying that, I do really like the bit at the end with the whole where he hears the voice and it's it's just the wind. It's just the wind. As you said, Rickles, tall man's lines throughout. I think Scrim is so menacing. He has yeah. such a presence throughout the film. He is like an equivalent of like the boogeyman. He is the sort of guy, you know, that, you know, come and take you out of your house in the middle of the night and will scare the kids. Sort of person. It's like Reggie says it to the to Jennifer in the hotel. He goes, If you think that the tall man is just a ghost story, you are gravely mistaken. Again, which I thought was a really good line. So overall, I've seen this film in a new light. I, I think it's a far better film than what I originally thought it was. I can't come in with a really, really super, super high rating because for me, the first film's a 10. Yeah. The second film, they, 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 for me, the sequels, they do dip in quality as they go on. However, this isn't a bad film, so I'm going to come in with a 7.5 out of 10. Right. Nice. Yeah, if yeah. I wasn't such a phantasm freak, I could see myself probably landing around there. Yeah. Or, or less. Yeah. But yeah. I think this film requires you to be specifically like, like you've got to be a phantasm freak to have given a shit about this movie after watching it, you know? I think like the, the series <laughs> in a whole as well, like the, the second film is probably the most action-packed out of the lot. That's the one that, like, see if I was going to, like, if if I wanted to show someone that hadn't seen Phantasm that isn't a horror fan, I would probably show them Phantasm too because it's got the most yeah. action. I think the original Phantasm film, it, it 
you need to be a, a, a fan of horror to yeah. kind of guess it is a strange film you know you really need to sit down and and just kind of appreciate it for what it is because even the word phantasm itself you know does Don Coscarelli not describe it as it's like it's like a warped reality it's it's real but it's not real so it is like that whole fever dream thing so the whole film itself you know, could be just a fever dream. It could be nonsense. It doesn't make sense. It's what you, in your own mind, uh, create that, you know, film as and what you see it as. Um, you know, there's a couple of points, you know, Grindhouse, you'd, you'd made some very interesting points earlier on about, you know, your views on, on what you thought uh, was happening with certain characters that I hadn't even thought of. So it is, it's just everyone's perception on how they look at it. Um, but it definitely is a a series that it's like it's marmite. You either love it or you fucking hate it. So there you go. No <laughs> tins tonight. No tins. No tins. Boom. So no. thank y'all so much. <laughs> thank y'all. Thank y'all everybody for being here. Nightclub Phantasm Four Oblivion. Go watch that shit. <laughs> and All remember, right. kids. You can't grind a house. Breaking news. We have a fresh new sponsor. I'm mind blown by this, but if you want to learn to speak muttering gibber Scottish in less than three weeks, sign up for <laughs> babble.com. <laughs> if you cannot grind a house, you can grind a shed. Watch the rest. <laughs> Watch the rest of the Fantastic movies. Yeah. They're all great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm Tom Shank, Jimmy Savile, and I'm telling you to touch your tall man's. Oh, shit. Remember, kids, if you end up in a house with a cold shoot, don't get in there. Something bad will happen. You can't grind a house. You can't grind a house. Don't trust fucking Jimmy Savile, and don't be like Paul Walker. And fucking die in a car crash. <laughs> oh, shit. Shit. Ooh. Wow. Stay spooky and tune yeah. up your kudaka. Tune up your kudaka. <laughs> I close my eyes Only for a moment And the moment's gone Oh Before my eyes A curiosity Dust in the wind All they are Is dust in the wind 
Ten no. 